This episode of Limit Rake Radio Reset is supported by our generous Twitch subscribers, including Carletta1965, Phi, and Zerim Oragile. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Rake Radio Reset, visit twitch.tv slash radio and drop us a sub. episode four finally we can fucking start this episode because everyone in our fucking audience are fucking trolls what are you talking about that podcast continuity nobody knows what happened during the intro nika i literally just explained that our viewers are all trolls can we not like you know insult people giving us money i think that's just bad business yeah that's a terrible they insulted me i think they were praising you you should be honored they insulted me if people interrupted me to throw money at me personally i'm okay with that Especially when it's like quarters and they just throw nickels and they dimes. Just, you just throw, they just throw pennies at you. Yeah. yeah, Nika, let's not pretend this is the first time people throw money at you, okay? Wait, what? What? Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> we can move on. Hi, guys. Welcome to episode four of Limber Creator Reset. I'm going to preface this episode by letting you know there will be spoilers on this episode because not only are we talking about Fan Fest, but we are also talking about patch 4.56, which was the... Um, final msq quest line as well as hildebrand quest line so if you have not done either of those things yet and you care about spoilers please close the stream right now and go do them and then come back later because there will be spoilers we only do this show once a month now so uh, we don't have the luxury of just like waiting till next week to do spoilers so all spoilers are open game um you guys please leave if you care about spoilers otherwise we're talking about spoilers. Okay, let's uh, flip right on over to our studio. Hello. Hi. Hey, our faces. We're pretty, and I hope you love us. Um, if you would like to join us in the studio, it's looking pretty empty right now. Uh, you know, you can come on Sargatana's server in the Goblet Fifth Ward, Plot 30. It's lots of fun times. Hopefully, you know, if we do another episode after this, since we'll have the world visit maybe by then, um, people can come hang out without having to make a... Alt. If you're still, you know, playing this game. If you're still playing it before Shadowbringers, because I'm not sure what else, I, I don't know what else there is going to be to talk about between now and Shadowbringers. We can do an entire episode about the FF15 collab. That'll be fun. Yeah, I'll definitely yeah. be here for that. <laughs> it's, it's uh, you better I, be here. I think I'm not going to be here. Th- there is actually a subset of the community that actually plays more during this time, because they don't play like during the expansion. They binge all the story content at leading up to the next one. Really I mean, but like, but your duty finder queues are going to be so long, though. I know that's the one downside. But those, these are probably the same people that don't really get invested in endgame content. So yeah, that's probably true too. But yeah. I don't know. This is the time where I like try to finish all the job classes I haven't leveled, or like I'm gonna dog farm or whatever, because like there's nothing else to do. Try to find stuff to do in this game. Yeah, basically. Yeah. 
basically. I still have one job class to level that literally I've had one job class to level for six months. And it's just sitting there because... Which one is it? Machinist. It's the last job I don't have at 60, including all fighting, magic, land, hand, everything. Is it? Just machinist left. Is it because Skrow touched it? Is that why? It's like dirty now? No, it's just my least favorite class, so I always level it last. (laughs) It's your least favorite class because Skrow played it? Sure. But what about... What about Blue Mage, Nika? Is that at 60? Oh, actually, that's that's true. I haven't even unlocked Blue Mage. <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, you didn't even play it? I have not touched Blue Mage. What? I was saving what? it for my uh, boredom is, before the expansion. This this is the boredom before the expansion, yeah. Nika. You're overdue. Oh God. Once I finish Machinist, then I will the level only, Blue Mage. The only piece of content that wasn't story-based that we got in the last few months and you ignored it? I did because wow. I, I don't care about a job I can't like do anything with. You can't... Like, there's a whole carnival. Oh man, so even, exciting! Like, a whole carnival just for blue, man. You're not even like doing anything on most of your other jobs, Nika. What's the difference between the blue mage? I'm doing things on paladin. Okay. Are you doing things on white mage? No. Are you doing things on astrologian? Definitely not. Are you doing anything on uh, what's so, the terrible? Sometimes class? I play scholar. Uh, Dragoon? No. Okay, so what's the difference between those and blue mage? Uh, that I could do things with those if I wanted to. You you will never want to do anything on Dragoon. Uh, yeah. yeah, maybe not. I play. I have Monk yeah. and Samurai instead of Dragoon. Yeah, exactly. I play those Nico. ones. So I need you to stop being a limited jobist and uh, <laughs> limited jobless. give Blue Mage its due respect. Thank I, you. Very I will, much. but I feel like I would rather dog farm before I do Blue Mage too. <laughs> <laughs> because no, all of that stuff matters more because I'm not sure I, that I care much about the idea of Blue Mage. Sorry, guys. But, but you you seem like I should care about Blue Mage. Should I? No, it really shouldn't. <laughs> Blue Mage is really terrible. I mean, do but you, you, know do you have every you know spell what? for Blue Mage? What? Did you get every Blue Mage spell? Fuck no. Are, are you max level at least? Yes. Okay, how many spells did you get? Most of them? number i didn't even finish the job quests okay so you, you barely i got to like uh, you gotta get this thing from arm Vale, and i'm like hmm i don't really feel like doing that and then i never touch blue mage again yeah so who are you to make fun of me when you also don't do anything with blue mage uh because you said you only have one job not at max okay that i fun. to be honest i completely forgot about blue mage because it's so forgetful <laughs> When I said that, I just totally forgot. (laughs) It's a wonderful class that has that famous Uh, one-button rotation, which everyone's clamoring for. Which move is that? Whatever the one is the best one. I mean, usually it's Thousand Needles. Usually as in uh, in other FF titles? Wait, what? You didn't mean usually as a Thousand Needles. I mean, after you get to max level, then you can have, like, you can pretend you have a rotation. But up until then, it's like 1 through 50. Why is our picture of Sid in the shower? That's weird. That just came up on the eye cam. I'm just a little weirded out by that. Anyway. Uh, it's, it's, it's so people can do their business in the shower. I see that. <laughs> you don't want people jizzing all over the walls in the main room, do you, do you Nika? Oh, God. Why? Uh, I thought our show had gone in a little bit more of a... Not like... I don't know. Like, just a better direction. No. No? Not as oh, long see, as I, you're here. I bring that direction, okay? I am 
the the jizz master nika and i what? spread that stuff all over whatever podcast i'm on you. which is why i am not on checkpoint because i am not fit for radio <laughs> face for radio <laughs> no i see my face is down there and it's perfect god but i do need to shave i forgot to shave you can't Can even you that. can't even tell on the stream that's not even a thing you need to worry Although, about. Although, Nika, I would appreciate if you would next time uh, do a little bit of, like, prep before coming onto the show and, like, put some makeup on so you're not... What? I have makeup so... on. What are you talking about? Ouch. Oh. oh. God, mm. you're a jerk. Ah. Oh. Well, Jux is savage today. Mm. Yeah, what? All right. Okay. Maybe right, well... people like her all-natural look. Okay, I, I have the same amount of makeup on I always have. What? Okay, well, look, look, Nika, maybe next time don't shop at Rite Aid for your makeup, okay? Okay, I do that, actually. But Yeah, maybe don't. Maybe go to, like, Ulta or, no, like... No, those some, places like, are too expensive. Anyway, this is not what we're here to talk this about. Is, this Believe is, it or not, topic, this what? is a Final Fantasy fourteen podcast, and we actually have stuff to talk about this, uh, this month. I thought we were doing glamour tips today. That's what it meant, right, in the outline? Glamour right? tips? That's what we meant. Glamour right? tips? Yeah, like for Nika. That's what I thought for the me. point was. Yeah. That's... <laughs> oh, you, mean, you thought I meant glamour like in the game. No, 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 yeah. no. Nika like, needs no, all like the help. IRL glamour. Mm. Is that a pencil sharpener behind you? Yes. Why do you have a pencil sharpener? I don't know. It's just there. Well, you, you never know. I would hope you would have said to sharpen pencils, Nika. But <laughs> I don't, I don't use it. It just sits there. We told her to sharpen her wit. She got very confused. It's a whole thing. But, like, it's fine. <laughs> Like, we're just going to move on. What is happening today? This is not what I signed up for. Nika, calm down. I know it's your mm. first time. We're going to get through this together. All right. Um, <laughs> next topic. Next topic? How about our first topic? Yeah, that's the next one. Okay. Our first topic is that there actually is things happening in the FF14 news. What? Sort of. Not really. Um, other than uh, the Sydney Mardi Gras gets a Final Fantasy fourteen float. So I'm a little confused a little bit about why FF14. I mean, it's cool that they're like spreading out their love, but like they're giving Mardi Gras a flow. And I'm pretty sure that they had a presence in like a pride parade somewhere recently too, didn't they? Like, I don't know. But I mean, it beats Mrs. Freshly, so. But I mean, is that their, like, I don't know if they're trying to be like, oh, we're trying to represent our diverse player base or if they're just like, more ways to advertise. Let's put a float in a gay parade. Like, is that really going to... Do they think like they're like oh yeah we just want more gay players? I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't like I don't understand like uh, did someone be like hey I know the perfect float for a pride parade, FF fourteen. It be might fair, have just been someone there who was passionate about the game want to make a float out of it. it. Doesn't have to make it a. But it was official though. Okay, so I don't know. Final and now they're getting it a, a float in the Mardi Gras parade too. It's very progressive when it comes to uh, same-sex marriages in games. So oh, that's, I mean, that's true. Yeah. Our, our game is pretty inclusive. Just something that is good of, about it. It's lots just of varying tastes in ERP within the just, game. If I itself. ever thought that I'd be having a news topic about FF14 having Mardi Gras floats, I, I never thought that that would be something I'd be talking about. But well, it I is mean, better than Mrs. Freshly's. You are not wrong about that. Yeah. It is. They get good good food though. I've been noticing whenever I go to vending machines and I get stuff, I'm like, "Ooh, this is Mrs. Freshly's. I'll get that." And they're not that bad. Really? Yeah. They don't make you like puke. No, like I get uh, my favorite is the three uh, donut sticks. Wait, you actually eat other Mrs. Freshly's products? Yeah. Like unironically. No, they're good. They're in the uh, the apartment complex for old people, assisted living, 
and uh, they got good stuff. They have uh, red velvet cupcakes there, which is eh, they're okay. But no, the, definitely the three donut sticks is my favorite. I'm legitimately concerned for your health. Kuki says that she gets the chocolate donuts from the vending machines. Those are good too. They don't usually have those there though, unfortunately. Uh, sometimes they have the glazed donuts though. Those are pretty good. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Oh no! Strife, strife! Stop, stop! All right, so we got uh, Willow Black. Oh, we're gonna address that now. Okay. Talking about uh, Beastmaster, and don't say it's a hoax yet. Don't don't even mention it. But Let's it's... just see how many people are caught off by April Fool's weekend. Okay. Yeah, literally in Japan, it's April Fool's Day. So if you see that floating around, bait people because also just in general, uh, if you see something, this is just pro tip. If you see something data mined, and then you see video footage. Uh, in-game of something being used, you got to question how they modded the client to get something in-game. They did it on a private server, duh. Yeah, do you know any any for 14? Uh, No, that's why they're private, idiot. I mean, aren't there <laughs> some for playing like 2.0? X? No, there aren't any for 1.0 as far as I know. I thought there was. Most of them have been taken down quite quickly. Yeah. Not quite private enough now, aren't they? My point is, if it's a private server, that means the data and the assets may not be official. So it could have been modded in. So either way, it's invalid. It's either private private server footage or it's like video edited or something. It's it's almost never going to be real, because if it was data mined, there's no way to show what it looks like live, and you can't trust it if it came from a private server because that's not Square Enix. That's someone else coding. That's true. So either way, I don't trust video footage of that content i trust the files if someone else can validate that the files are indeed there you need at least two to three sources to validate yep found those files in there pretty weird yeah and i don't think that it's come from anyone but one person right yep on april fool's day in japan yeah yeah. also they're not going to really quote release uh, a new unlimited job so soon after The expansion there, not even coming yeah. out yet. There, there was actually a, a response to that in Mr. Happy's interview, which we can get to later. Yes. If we ever get there. We will get there because this show is moving along, believe it or not. Yeah, lightning uh, fast. Lightning speed. Our second news item is we we have new cash shop stuff to talk about, and apparently people are actually buying these new dances. Um, the first one is Mika, called... How many did you buy? I haven't bought them. Both of them? I haven't bought either of them. You're going the first to buy one is called Get Fantasy. And the second one is the Popoto step. What? The I don't what know. step? I can play them on the screen. You don't have to. Maybe. You don't have to. We can we move just, on, really. We could just move on and just accept the fact that people are really dumb and they buy things that they shouldn't buy. Nika. Yeah, we could. Okay, Nika. I can't even figure out how to add something to this stream because it's being stupid. Nika. Nika. What? You don't we, want me really to show don't. them? We don't have to show them. Okay, but people are buying them, and they're like, they're cool. They like move their hands back. They're back not back. cool, Nika. And you emotes. also, there's a discount on jump potions, guys. Go buy I them. Have, I have no problem with emotes and dances. If you want to buy them, fine. But what about the discount on jump potions? Are you guys going to buy those? Uh, there's no need in the They're like $7.50 off. We're already playing the game, and you can play every job on one character, so there's no point. If a new player wants to use them to catch with their friends, sure. Let me know when they come up with an item level potion so I can not have to actually run dungeons. An eye level ever. potion? What, it just gives you the current yeah. gear? Just no. Give me the, 
Gotcha. Okay, that would be legitimate, level. like pay to win. I would not be okay with that. Yeah, that would be legitimate pay to win. That's the only thing I, that I would actually care to buy at this point. So that way, I don't have to go through the tediousness of going through a dungeon to get item level gear, so I can see the new content. That's just a fancy way of saying I don't want to play the game. That just sounds like I don't want to play the game in more steps. Yeah. Basically. Hashtag Rick and Morty meme. Yes. Oh boy. Okay. Well. <laughs> Moving on. That's all for the news, unless you guys have anything else exciting to talk about. Um, anything that's not related to the fan fest or the patch, because those are cool new things that happened. Um, no, no. That's not. That's okay. uh, not go. That's not get carried away, Nika. I'm, I what, with the word cool. cool. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a little strong. strong. Okay, well let's let's get right into it. Um, last weekend was the Japanese fan fest, so it was wrapping up the trio of fan festivals. Um, I think it gave us more information than the European one, but all in the first 30 minutes of the festival. The rest of the festival was nothing. Um, okay, well, that's that's what happens every time. Except they had a live letter, number 50. Like, that's a milestone live letter. And <laughs> we will talk about the milestone. live letter when we get there. <laughs> it was a horrible <sighs> live letter, I will say. I feel very... I've, I'm offended. By how horrible well, we, it was. we'll get to the live later when we get All there. All right, so let's talk about the keynote because there was actually some cool things introduced in the keynote. There's that word again, cool. Cool. I will say I'm not it's sure cool. that word means what you think it the, means. Okay, the first thing was that the full trailer was revealed for for 14 finally. I thought that was cool. That was I cool. Liked it. it was good, and since I don't want to risk getting muted, I will link the trailer in the chat and y'all can watch it if for some reason you haven't seen it yet. Um, it, it, I mean, it was basically the trailer we saw before with like a bunch of extras. And what was cool is it wasn't just like the original trailer was just like half of it. And then they showed us the other half. It was like, they had woven it so perfectly that we'd get like an extra 10 seconds here and then an extra 10 seconds there, which I thought was a a unique way to do it. Um, did you guys see anything groundbreaking in that trailer? Uh, no, I was, I mean, it was pretty much the Christorium area that they showed off at FanFest was there in detail. As, which, again, harkens back to something they did in 1.0. And then also the Crystal Tower they showed off, which was really interesting. And then... Um, the dancer reveal dancer, before yeah, they the revealed. Dancer. Yeah. Like, yeah. as soon as that came up, I was like, that person looks like they're dancing. <laughs> I wonder if it's a dancer. I wonder dancer. if that's dancer. And then, like, a few seconds later, Ooh, they're like... I can't wait to play this new healer. Dancer. <laughs> I can't wait to play this new healer with Chakram Blade yeah. dancing. Oh, How- Wait. It's not a healer. It's a ranged <laughs> DPS. Womp womp. How do we feel about this? We're going to skip right to this? All right. We are just... skipping right to this. I'm perfectly okay with it because of their reasoning. I agree with. Okay. What is okay. So, so they added they added a tank, right? And the, that was obvious why they needed to do that. Uh-huh. They wanted to create two types of tanks distinctly and then have two different flavors within each kind. They felt it would be a better way to balance. Makes sense to me. And Gunbreakers very well. Gun blades are iconic in FF, and they figured why not make a job based off that? It could be another tank. That way, the other tank is an iconic FF job, brings people in to play tank. Again, all makes sense. Totally fine. Looks pretty cool. Like Thancred's armor better than the, the player one, but either way, it's cool. Um, when it came to Dancer, you know, I know most people thought it was going to be a healer, but when it was announced as a ranged DPS, I was kind of like weird. But their reasoning makes sense. We had three healers. Four tanks with Gunbreaker, four melee, 
three casters, but only two physical ranged DPS. So it makes sense that since physical ranged DPS are both buffers, like they part of what they do is actually utility with buffing their teammates, and the other part of it is physical range damage, it makes sense that they were the most in need. And since Dancer traditionally um, can do some support abilities, it does make sense that they would try to combine that support aspect with some sort of range damage. It's a little weird, because I don't think anyone would ever think of Dancer as a range DPS, but you know, with these blades they have and everything and like the way they're going about it, I think it's okay, like personally. And it does make sense for people who want to play physical range needed another option. So, and then I, I think, and, and again, Mr. Happy's interview goes into more detail, but basically the reasons they gave about, about healer balance and what they want to do in 5.0 before they add another healer also make, made a lot of sense. So I, I get why they would be hesitant to add another healer right now, even I, though I, I, per I personally want another healer, but I, I, I get it. Yeah, I guess, but like... <sighs> okay, so now that the boring level-headed discussion is out of the way, <laughs> here's, here's my take on it, which okay. is obviously much more important. Being oh, clearly duck stuff. All right. So the whole thing with the range throwing weapons, that makes sense. The whole thing with having a range, another range DPS is only two. That makes sense. Like, I don't know what they're going to do for a fourth range DPS job. Like, are they going to use crossbows? Like what else can they go from here? So obviously range DPS with throwing weapons makes sense. Even attaching it to dancer. I guess you can, I guess that fine, that makes sense. But the real issue here is not that Dancer is a ranged DPS, it's that this is, we're gonna go be going on six years without a new fucking healer. Yeah. That's the fucking problem. The like mm, 2015 was a healer, Heaven's Ward. Yeah, but then it would be also six We're years without a new range DPS if you look at it oh, that way. For oh, you mean by the end. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you mean the gap will be about six yeah. years? It will be yeah. that far. But the thing okay. is, is that if we, I mean, a lot of people are saying that, man, six years without a healer. But if they had given Dancer a healer, then we'd be six years without another range DPS. And that's totally fine because range DPS are dumb anyway, because <laughs> we have fucking casters, which are basically range DPS, but they're I not mean, physical. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're right there. You know, what's interesting. How many, mage. how many healers were there in 11? White mage, red mage, what else? Summon or sub white mage. Yeah, okay. you could summon us a white man. You could use Dancer as support healer, right. but it wasn't a main healer. And that's Scholar. Really... Eventually scholar. they added Scholar. Right. Okay. So Scholar, White Mage, we have Red Mage, it got relegated to something else. That's fine. Okay. So it makes sense. It looks like Final Fantasy traditionally just hasn't ever really had a variety of healers. White Mage has always been like the healer with some other options like Scholar and Red Mage. Like there hasn't really been if you think about it, a lot of variety whereas other ips i think they've always had a variety of different healers and spellcaster flavors like beyond traditional white major priest type people so, okay yes but here's where you're wrong is that i'm not saying it's good i'm just saying square enix is trying to make everything 14 is completely different from 11 in every way shape and possible yeah i know i'm, yeah. ta I'm not so, talking about 11 as a game mechanic i'm talking about uh flavor right like job flavor in the Final Fantasy series. They actually have it if you look through their, their list of jobs, whether it's Tactics 11, 4, 5. I was just using 11 as an example. But they don't have a lot of different flavors of healer. Like, I've seen other MMOs have, like, six, seven flavors of healers, which is a little excessive, oh, honestly. Yeah. But, yeah, like, like it, I think it's just... I don't think it's a problem with 14, but I think they don't have as much source material to work with. So any healer they create does have to be something net new at this point. Yeah, just like Astrologe, which they had to create from nothing. Right. Like that, that's a, that's the thing though. Like they, yeah, they they 
they're going to have to create healers from nothing. So I'm not, I'm saying that might be why they're so hesitant to do it because they know it has to be something completely new to get, to make it worthwhile. Plus again, the job balance problem. Right. But the thing is is that even when they released Astrologian for two patches, like six months, it was really balanced improperly. And then they eventually figured it out. Like that's, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be released. It's going to suck. And then they're going to fix it. They've had four years to balance the three problem. And they Still like, haven't. So what? I mean, so, no, but right now it's the it's the best it's ever been. Right now, though, it's. Mm, I think a lot of people would disagree with that. Really, I just had this conversation uh, with my healers from my from my raid. Oh, yeah. How is OS twelve going? Anyway, my point it's is going like well, it's going the fine. Point, the point is the point is like regardless of what your thoughts are as an individual on healer balance, like if you look at the facts that we're getting from the developers and from some people in the community, right? Right now, and this is a lot of this goes back to Mr. Happy's interview, but basically there are barrier healers and general healers right so white mage is like the general healer scholar is the barrier healer and then astrologian came in and was supposed to try to do both but when you're in that paradigm no matter what two of them are always going to be better like it's it's really weird and they've had so many problems and also on top of that even if you don't look at balance per se the flavor hasn't really brought out i know that yoshida was quoted i think as saying that he felt like white mage didn't have any flavor like it was just so generic as I'm the healer. Like I'm the plain, I do big heals. Like there's there wasn't anything unique about them to make them stand out. And he wanted to fix that. And as part of fixing that, he needed to adjust the other strengths. And I think a lot of people, forget what the dev team says even at this point, a lot of people I think are tired of this meta of there's a normal healer and a barrier healer. Where's the meta I see in other games? Where's the, the healing over time healer versus the burst healing healer versus the AOE healer versus the... A uh, steady, sustained healer versus the healer that's always hanging out in melee to optimize them, versus okay. the healer that you know. I'm saying they have other things they can do, and I think they just haven't, for whatever reason, in their development pipeline, haven't had the time to sit there and figure out what they want to do with it. I know, I know, they should. Okay, look, but, look, we've had okay. But we, they added Astrologian, the third healer in Heaven's Ward. Yeah, and then they had they, like they noticed there's a problem yeah. in Heaven's Ward. Yeah, and then they had. All of Stormblood yep. that have this problem, yep. and now they're just suddenly thinking, "Oh, so, maybe we should address it." Like, so I think, no, no, no. I think, I think they tried to address it in Stormblood, and they just failed. I, I think that the whole reason they had the lilies on the white mage and like some of those other no, unique mechanics. I know, but that's what I'm saying. I, I believe that was their attempt. But this is you guys gotta understand. This is what happens when you're trying to do iterative changes in an MMO, but you don't have any kind of user feedback in your process. That's their issue. Their user feedback is six months out from before they can actually implement it. We saw it with Eureka. We see it every expansion with the lack of a beta or public test realm. This is just what happens to software when you don't have like user feedback in the initial process. It's always going to happen. Yeah, but expansions are two years long. Like, yeah, I know. But that's the problem. They've gotten no. So now they're acting on feedback. The past few months, they've been developing feedback they got six months ago. So basically, they have feedback now from Stormblood on we don't like the lilies on White Mage. It's fucking stupid. We don't no, like the we don't like the balance. We don't least, like this for at right. least eighteen months. Yes, but at the same time, they're afraid to fundamentally. They are afraid as a development team. I think this is a bigger issue. They are afraid to fundamentally change the way a job plays be, during in between expansions. They fundamentally fear that, and it makes okay. sense. What if you're a player who leaves for a month or two? and comes back and suddenly your job plays completely differently. It could really alienate a lot of people. I personally don't agree with it. I think we should adapt if it's fundamentally better for the game, but I understand their feeling. If you make changes too drastic in too short of an iteration, even if it's positive for the game, 
certain individuals will feel like harmed and attacked and like it's not good. So you have to strike a balance. The problem is they can't strike a balance that's better because their feedback loop is so long. So it's it they're caught basically. They need to redo something I think in their process in order to make that better. That being said, timeline aside because that is the real issue here, timeline of feedback. Outside of the timeline, I think their reasoning is correct. I just think their pacing sucks. I just think they need to actually use some of that development and time and money that they have and uh, sure don't make sweeping changes to healers mid uh, expansion, which obviously doesn't apply to warriors when they're bad, but applies <laughs> to every single other job in the game. But yeah, make sweeping changes in between expansions. Like, I don't know, between Stormblood and Shadowbringers. And you, you know what? You're never going to have uh, a balance between the three healers as we've seen through four years of having three healers. So now is the perfect time to add a fourth healer and then throw all that balance think, and see what they can do with it. I think the reason is because they want to put that effort into tanks right now. That's their big thing. They yeah, really want to do the new tanks yeah. and they can't, they don't feel confident. They can succeed on both fronts. So they'd rather focus on one, one really, really majorly with a new addition. Cause again, they felt the addition of a fourth tank help would help them in the balance. Cause they could pick two archetypes and then do two flavors within each one. Whereas for healers, they don't know what they want to do yet with that. So, if only there was like some, if only healers had two flavors, like a regen healer and a shield healer, and they could just make a fourth healer that would bridge the gap. AOB, between yeah, like, like, two like two or... yeah, like burst AOB big heals versus hots versus, yeah, it makes sense. But anyway, I, why they don't want to do that, who knows? We'd have to interview them to find out, right? But I mean, we already know why. It's because. Yeah. They don't want to put forth the work of balancing a tank and a healer at the same time. Yeah, and, and one last one, and one other thing, like Fus wrote on the chat. I know you're talking about how players need to always be looking forward and adapting. And as a raider and someone who plays a couple different MMOs, I'm with you 100%, man. However, when you're a developer and when you're trying to make money, the problem is MMOs do need to hit a bigger audience than just the hardcore players. And while everyone's definition of what hardcore is is very different, especially across different games. Uh, at the end of the day, a lot of people do take breaks from these games. That's how they're built in the last like 10 years or so. And if you take a break and come back and everything has changed, you do risk losing a lot of people. And that can be a lot of money, especially for a game that's based on subscriptions and not one that's based on cash shops cash or, shop? other, or other models. Yeah. Uh, mm. uh, you, uh, you know what I mean by cash up though? I don't mean, hey. I don't mean cosmetic hey. shops. Oh, when I say when I I mean if a free to play game that's based on uh completely cosmetic cash shops like a lot of the MOBAs that are out there or an MMO that's based on buy to play with DLC versus subscription like ESO like there's so many models out there but when you're purely sub based if people come back and then suddenly drop a month later and don't come back anymore because they're tired of changes and they can't keep up it, it can be a real problem I'm not saying they shouldn't take risks I personally think they're still being too conservative but I do see from a business perspective why they would be scared. And I, I don't think, I think they need to be willing to take that risk at some point. Here's the real problem is that when it comes to tanks and healers, you're always, you always have to have in a raid group, two tanks, two healers. There's four DPS, but like there's so many DPS that they can fill that role. But you generally still do two melee, one range caster, one range visible. I mean, you can, but you don't have to. You have to have two tanks, two healers. Yeah, that's, I, I guess. And when you only have three healers, 
that's like you're going to see those classes over and over and over again. There's no variety. So what they really, really needed to do is in Stormblood had one tanker healer and one DPS, not two DPS. And then in Shadowbringers have the other tank or healer and then one DPS. But they were just, I don't know, I guess too lazy to do that in Stormblood. So See, I kind of miss back in the original like coil days where you could kind of flub with it a little bit and do like one tank and like i mean i solo tanked almost all of coil like there was very few things you had to have two tanks for but two tanks made it easier and you could like fuck around with that i think i think i think think that's more of a encounter design than a job design problem though what you're saying yeah but they they started to do it on purpose though i realized like they forced tank swaps and they forced reasons to have two tanks and i'm not sure what they're thought processes behind it the, the thought process is if your standard party group is four players one tank and one healer the idea is how do you get those two parties that always run together to form a raid it it's it's common yeah it's common oh the problem is they they i do feel that when i look at raid encounter design specifically in 14 i do feel from a tank perspective only once in a while i do feel like a mechanic is forced as opposed to natural like i've seen a lot of raid encounters in games where it makes a lot of sense for the tanks to be there either because there's these ads that are integral part of the fight. So you need another person to pick it up or, Hey, there's like this amazing mechanic that the off tank has to go and help someone do periodically because no one else could take that hit. But when it comes to 14, a lot of the tank swaps feel very forced. Not all the time, just once in a while. I do it's notice like, like every 10 seconds for whatever reason, this boss yeah. and, it, and, it's, you, and then we have five right. stacks, then you and lose. It, like I've seen a mechanic in another game where that, that I liked a lot where it was like, Oh, the boss periodically does, one of two moves three times in a row and it's random so he could do move one then move two then move two or move two then move one then move one and based on the order you and your other tank have to figure out i can't take two hits from a number two in a row so once i take one hit we got to figure out when to swap it's not just a stacking buff it's like uh you actually have to pay attention to what's happening those feel cool that, yeah that's kind of cool yeah so those feel really right we can't have that <laughs> but that's my point those feel really cool because it, it makes sense for the boss because the boss has these two unique moves and he's doing this thing and it causes the tanks to think but if you're just on every fight putting a random debuff that after hits a certain amount of stacks will fucking kill you that's okay and i think when you have a lot of raid fights it makes sense to have some fights where you do a standard tank swap but when you only have four encounters every tier five if you count the trial i think it starts to feel a little wary right i mean that's my opinion at least uh excuse me six because there's two trials per raid tier thank you very much is there always oh you're right because the trial's in the same patch as the raid and then the other patch is another trial you're right ah. yeah. <laughs> six, I got tier. You six, six boss tiers guys Although technically four of those bosses are right. away. But, I'm, sh- you know. I'm sure other games don't have more bosses. You know, at least this is why I actually liked um, O11 a little bit more feels- from a tank perspective. Because we really only tank swapped because, you know, you can't take two big tank busters in a row. And so we would swap there. Or like there's one part where the, the main tank has to run away. So I need to evoke it to keep the boss in the center. There were no forced tank swaps in O11, which is kind of fun. Um, I don't know. We haven't gotten past male and female yet in O12. But I feel like they do a lot of that too where it's like, oh, there's two enemies, so you have to have two tanks and there's no possible way to fudge that. But I don't know. We'll see going into uh Shadowbringers if they decide to change any of this at all. because <laughs> um, I mean oh, I don't Nika. I don't see it in our in our outline, but when I was talking with Fufu in my Jeez. raid group about how they originally had just said, oh, we don't want just the barrier healer and the regen healer from Happy's uh, interview Apparently, like, right after that, they say something about how they very much, though, believe in having a main tank and an off tank. Did they say something like that yeah, in that interview? Yeah, but the, the, the discussion they had with main tank versus off tank was different. It was, 
they believe that they, they are still defining apparently what they believe a main tank is versus an off tank. And then they feel like they can create different flavors of those two roles within the job. So right. instead of having a tank role and having three people do a variation of tank, they feel like they can create a main tank and an off tank role. But I feel role. like this is a really bad idea though, because why? It first, depends how they implement it. I mean, I, I guess, but looking for, if they really want to have like two options for main tank and two options, two options for off tank, they're never ever going to have a tank that can't take hits, right? They're not going to limit uh, uh, the jobs that you can take into a four-man party, for instance. So there's always no, so every no. tank is going to be able to tank so, in some hang on in some way, yeah. shape, or form. So then that means okay, but if they say that these two are main tanks and these two are off tanks, in the end, when you look at overall like DPS meta, there's going to be two that do more DPS, or there's going to be two that can take hits better while also doing the most DPS. So in the end, you're going to be alienating whether it's the two main tanks or two off tanks. It's so, I just don't see that balancing properly. So I'm going to split this into to two parts because I'm going to put a pause on the DPS meta thing you just mentioned. Uh-huh. Just one second. Remind me to come back to that. Okay. But basically, the other part of what you said, where they're splitting it into two roles, and I think no matter what, they're all tanks. They can all do everything. They can all, you know, they'll all be viable at the end of the day for any role. I think the idea is they want to create utility in their cooldowns or the, the way they play that makes more sense. For example, if something is primarily meant to be more of an off tank or main tank, they may want one to be slightly geared towards more damage than the other. They may want one to be able to switch stances to do more or less rolls easier. They may want may want one to have different kinds of cooldowns than the other. Like one of them may have more DPS cooldowns, the other may have more defensive ones, even though they're both just good tanks. Right, but in then general. what's stopping but, raid hold, groups hold from just taking I, two of those? That's right. Like... So not, I don't think anything will stop them. I think what they're going to have to do is once they figure out what these two roles are and what utility a main tank has versus the utility of an off tank, however they define it, because we still don't know. The actual definition of what that means hopefully in may they tell us with the next live letter but basically the they might because they're going over job abilities so the idea is that um i think what's going to happen is and this is just my theory once they split those sub roles up based on the utility they're going to purposely design the encounters in eden the new raid and some of the other stuff so that way there's certain fights that while won't be impossible for any tank combination to kill will probably lend itself to be easier. For example, when Dark Knight was first introduced, they purposely in that first tier of Alexander and Gordius put a lot of magic damage on some of the fights. Mm -hmm, I remember they that. did that purposely so that Dark Knights would, with dark, uh, what Dark Arts, Dark Mind combination, would be able to basically absorb like these massive hits and they'd feel like they had a place there. Now, I'm not saying it panned out. I'm just saying that I think that was their intent. So I would suspect that we can't really know how well the MTOT thing works out until we see the encounters. Now for my second point, the DPS thing you mentioned. Yeah. This is an issue with, I think, encounter design as well, because what ends up happening is when you're doing progression, right? There's a difference between farm and progression. And we're doing progression on a fight. You don't care about things like maximum DPS as right. much, right? Because right. you're more interested in surviving and learning the encounter and defensive utility means everything. For example, if Warrior's the highest DPS, you may not give a shit if he's going to get wrecked, right? Compared to like another tank. I'm giving you an example. I'm not saying that's yeah, the yeah, current yeah, meta. Yeah. But so basically, the idea is that you need to pick out the best things that are going to let you survive and learn the encounter. And then once you're ready to kill it and you're comfortable, you might either switch jobs or you might not switch jobs. You might actually kill it with this more defensive safe play and then as you're farming it, you switch to a more but aggressive option. They really option. want to create jobs no, oh, that are like, oh, no. these jobs are for progression and these jobs no. are for farm? Is that no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying That's this happens happen, all the time. That's what's going to happen, though. I'm saying this happens all the time, that people gear more towards a DPS meta as things get on farm or they outgear content. It happens naturally. 
So I'm saying I think what they're trying to balance is when you first get to an encounter, when it's challenging, when you're not a high-end group just trying to blow through it, when you're not a group that knows the mechanics because the encounter's been out for months, when those encounters first come out, those first few weeks, when people aren't overgeared, when people are still learning in some ways and trying to optimize the encounters, I think that's where the balance matters. I think that's where they're going to try to define who's the optimal MT and OT. And I don't think, as long as the DPS balance isn't dramatically different between them, I don't think it's going to matter as much. Uh, we, but again, we don't know until we see how they define these two roles. I just wouldn't worry about the DPS gap until we actually see the encounter design as well. I mean, that's true. Encounter design is going to make the biggest difference. But I just feel like looking at if, you know, they've got like, okay, main tanks can take hits better and off tanks do more DPS or something. Then like looking at it, it's like if off tanks can still take hits, why ever bring the main tanks if they're going to do less DPS? Right. And I just don't ever see that being... I don't because know. they're going to have a special main tank ability, which absorbs the <laughs> the ultra tank buster, and off tanks won't have those abilities. In in all honesty, yeah, I can in, see in, that being a thing. In in all honesty, I can see off tanks having advantages when they're not being hit, and main tanks having advantages when they're being actively hit. That's the common way to go about this. Like okay, abilities that's... and abilities and cooldowns that proc from being hit and being and taking those big hits versus. A, Abilities and cooldowns that you can use whenever you then want. They'd have to really weaker. rework the tanks as we currently have them as well for I, that. I, again, they said they want to do more things to the tanks than the other classes this time around. So our jobs. Okay, so we'll so, okay. I mean, if they so. do something like that, I yeah. okay, I could see that. Again, anything is possible. That being said, let's level expectations. This is Square. They fucked up before, so we'll see what they do. But you got to have at least some level of hope. I, I think in May we'll have a better idea of what so. they're trying to do. But again, without that feedback loop, It'll be six months before our feedback gets to them once we see shit in May. Yeah, so. and like I'm so scared. Whatever you guys tell them in May, be very, very careful what you complain about in May because in a patch 5.2, we'll find the answer. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm going to complain yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, before you see anything. This is in uh, almost April. Where the fuck are my male bunnies? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Volkai, main tank, off tank may not have the same definition for square as it does in the community as well. I mean, it, but but yeah. but but the whole main tank, yeah, generically, if you have a sword dance, like sword versus shield stance, like paladins, like theoretically, yeah, main tank's the one who can take more hits, and off tank's the one who can deal more damage. Well, but that may not be the definition they go though. with. Right, but what I'm what I'm saying is they may not they may not go with. I mean, that. you think they're going to be more innovative than that though? I don't know. I, I'm going to wait and see. I mean, we can I, be I, cautiously hopeful. Red Mage rem reminder. Yeah. I, I actually... Red is okay. I, I thought it was okay. Mm. I, I think it's too easy, but I think it's okay. I, I still it's, like it's it. It's very basic. It's at least different it, than Summoner it, and Black Mage. I, I, I thought it was a good compromise taking the original Red Mage role of the Jack of All Trades and turning it into a standard range DPS. I thought they did okay. I, I, they could have done a lot worse, honestly. I was okay with it. In fact, in the beginning, I was happy. Then I realized how easy it was. I was like, oh, it's okay. So I kind of like they were the just time. very very lazy yeah i mean it's a I mean, it, yeah I, th I think they got too scared with the res utility too like once they realized how crazy utility that battle res was i think they uh they, it's they like didn't the want to it's like the worst best utility there is yeah because, yeah because like, you only there, need it if you, you suck know, breakingly good or it's but this is completely awful this is, you never use it this this goes back to my point though and teams that are in progression versus teams that are in farm behave so differently like look in throughout stormblood job but see, <laughs> look, but, i but, used but, to but, agree but, with you but i don't even use shield oath and prog anymore i'm just like what's the point i don't well <laughs> like, i mean that do you die a lot in prog 
because you might want to think about it. No, I mean, if we die, it's because of mechanics. It's not that. because I'm not that taking... I wanted to drink. I was it's... actually sipping. Well, you can't drink yeah. unless there's a reason for it. Damn it! So I can't even drink tea unless there's a reason. It's, no, yeah. it, right. the Fine. reason we die Fine. is literally Fair. just progression of mechanics, not because I take too hard of a hit while I'm tanking. Like, that's never the issue. And the only times I do, I use shield oath during certain parts where we split and use two tanks at the same time, that kind of thing. But like, that's fine too. But even still, like, while we were progging 011, I never use shield though. There was no reason for it. But did you already overgear it by that time? Because I know that happens um, when you're spending months on an encounter. You tend to just overgear it and then you win through sheer brute he's force. He's calling you bad, Nika. No, I'm not. I'm just, it's a generic. I think example. when we first oh, got to 11, I'm not, I'm not we didn't. She's not bad. I'm just, not no, I think when we first got to 11, we didn't overgear it. But by the time we got it on farm, we probably did. Um, so. We I mean, spent a little too long on 11, I think. When I when I say progression, I literally mean also that your item level is also in that progression mode. You don't, like, overgear it either. Yeah, that will totally I mean, change how you feel. Because you're right. If you're, like, you know, 5 to 10 item levels above with the encounter rewards at, on average, then, yeah, it's going to be really weird when you uh, when you suddenly realize, oh, I don't need this defensive stance. I'm just going to push more DPS. It also depends on the encounter design, Nika, because if the encounter, if what you're failing on is an enrage timer, yeah, you're going to force yourself to shift into pushing maximum damage. But if what you're failing at is a mechanical check or a healing check, then you're going to push yourself into more of a defensive role. It just depends on where you're at as a team. Yes. <laughs> All right, Nico, what else do we have? All right, well, you brought you brought up no male bunnies, so we can uh, we can dive into that monster. Um, so people were really excited because, you know, they gave us Viera at the EU Fan Fest. Everyone was really hyped. Like, I've already seen so many, like, fan arts of what a male Viera could look like and some of some of them were really good and so then we get to uh the fan fest and they reveal that we are not getting male Viera and instead we are getting a male only Ronso wannabe race so I'm we not needed another cat race. So I'm not going to defend Square. This is not a defense because I actually <laughs> disagree with them. Hold on. I'm, I'm just going to pull up some pictures on. while you're talking. Hold on. I'm going to put a disclaimer. I don't agree. I can't, with I can't understand you with your with Square Enix's dick in your mouth. It happens, but I'm I'm not defending <laughs> them. Yeah, because you know, big fan of FF14. Anyway, yeah, point is like, <laughs> point is, I'm not defending them. But I want to put this disclaimer up. They have a. I understand their reason. I just completely disagree with it. Their reason for this is basically they have two groups of people they're trying to make happy at once, right? The Vieira, Vieira people, like, I wanted Vieira. I'm so happy we got Vieira. I think it's awesome, right? I'm a huge fan because I love tactics, evilist, everything. I'm like, yeah. I also wanted male Vieira, so that's not good. I mean, but I hate my, I my, hate the fucking Final but, Fantasy twelve Vieira. Give me the tactics advanced Vieira. You know what? Fuck, I agree that, with that, you. Those are actually, <laughs> I, actually, I actually agree with you, but I don't want to go into it. <laughs> but, but I agree. Uh, tactics well, yeah, advanced. Why, why would we go into a discussion on a fucking podcast? Why would we do that? I was going to finish my point, then we can branch off. But all right, anyway, point is like finish your stupid point. Yes. All right, but point is they're trying to in the interviews they're basically saying they're trying to make two groups of people happy. They're trying to make the groups that wanted things from Evilis and tactics like the Viera especially, right? They wanted those people happy because they wanted to see Viera as a race, big fan following for it, etc. And on the other hand. They got a complaint, and, in, and they didn't say what kind of audience asked for this, but I'm feeling it was us. I'm feeling it was NA, like Western audience, just because of the trends I've seen. But they basically got a lot of asks for non-humanoid races. like, And, and they don't count Makote because that's more of a humanoid I, with cat ears that's, and a that's tail. A, that's, a, that's a humanoid. And, 
Yeah. yeah no, yeah. I actually so, agree. Like when they first revealed yeah. this, I was like, I this is not what I was expecting or asking for. Right. But we're like the only right. like all these MMOs coming from right. Japan at, have very model right. like 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 supermodel right. type yep. like races, and we don't have anything like dwarves and elves are yep. not short like they are in some other. You know, then we don't right. have anything that doesn't look like a human with How, a tail. Orcs, orcs. Where's orcs, my orcs? Exactly. Where, like where's the where's my lizard people like in ESO? Yeah, where's you can't my... make ugly looking, yeah. creepy looking yeah. bestial races. Where, so I think where's, this. Where's my trolls i am like, not angry about the inclusion of Hrothgar. i just right. feel like with how much like there's no way square enix didn't realize how much people would want male vr for how much people wanted right. bunny outfits to be available for male and they finally took like years so, to finally allow that to happen obviously okay, people so, want male this, this, so this is how square enix solves all this they say hey we didn't realize how much you guys wanted female Rothgar or male Viera, we will add them in a later expansion. I, Fine. You know, done. I fully expect Fine. them to do that. So, but so they're not going to they, tell us ahead of time. So what they did say, two parts here, what they did say is that their reasoning is pretty much what we just went over. They really, really wanted to make these two groups of people happy. The ones that wanted Viera and the ones that wanted a non-humanoid race. They picked the Ronso equivalent for the non-humanoid. Okay. There's a problem with that though. There's actually four groups of people. And they made two of them unhappy and made two of them happy. So again, they were looking <laughs> at it in broad strokes where they went, oh, right. People want Viera. People want Hrothgar. And when they went to decide whether they were going to make male or female of like one of those races versus give both races, they said they'd rather make both people happy, especially considering there is no historical precedent in the franchise for male Viera. Right. So they... So hold on. So they made the call to do that. I'm not agreeing with them. Just hear me out. Yeah, I'm just giving I, 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 giving all the all the facts on the table from them. That uh, but basically they they felt they they could make more people happy by giving Viera, which everyone knows, the female ones, and Hrothgar, which was a finally a non-humanoid race. And then you know because the pipeline now of how many assets they need to create per race, because they need to have animations for every single job ability in the game, and they keep adding more jobs because they have to have you know, textures and assets for them and make things fit and all that. And because Vier and Hrothgar have these unique heads, apparently, that the but old race don't. They're not no, even really. going to have helmets like, on yeah, launch. They don't get helmets. <laughs> but but basically, because of, because of all the work, basically, their pipeline that went into making this happen, they basically had to decide either going to do male of one of these races or going to get both races out to make both groups of people happy. So they decided to do both. Whether that's the right decision, I think that's up to the community to figure out. Uh, I don't think they're happy with it. But, you know, some people seem okay. I don't know. It seems very divided Especially, right now. Like, it, it's just weird. I don't know. Like, I just feel like they would have made so many more people happy. Like, I understand there are people that ask for a bestial race. I've also thought this in the past. But I feel like just for them announcing both Viera genders would have just made so many more people happy overall. And then eventually add the Hrothgar. And I feel like then those people could be brought in as well. I just, there's yeah. something about, especially because... They said when they when they fixed having female Rogadin and male Makote, Yoshi did say that he would not gender lock things anymore because he thought it was outdated. Well, I don't and, know if he said that. No, he but did. He did, did he? say that. So, There's, I yes, I don't think he said. He that. absolutely did. People are going nuts over this because way, way back way when back he, when. he citation did, needed. He okay. I'll try to find one. Not at this exact moment. Someone in the chat do it. There, no, he did. He said that he doesn't believe in the gender locking and he wants to make yeah, it more whatever. Yeah, and so yeah, it's it's yeah. also you know you can say all day long that there's no male Viera presence in the lore, but there are plenty of female Ronsos in FF10. So like, why was it Ronso the race that they decided to add? Uh, again, I think it was legitimately. Do I make male Viera or do I make male Hrothgar? And if I make 
male Hrothgar, that's two different races. It makes both groups of people happy instead of just one group of people happy. And they can talk about the other stuff later if they have the development time. So I think the only reason they haven't come out and basically committed to doing male Viera and female Hrothgar isn't because they don't want to. I think it's purely like, fuck, when do we fit this in our schedule? Because we can't commit to doing it now if it ends up being years instead of you know months. You know what I mean? So I, I think that's where they're at. You know what my prediction is? My guess. I think that we will eventually get male Vieira and female Rothgar, but we're going to get male Vieira at the next expansion. And then the expansion after that, we will get female Rothgar. No, I think they'll add them at the same time. No. I agree with with Avery Clark in the chat. They really should, though, when they announced Vieira, they really should have labeled it as female only. There was really no reason to hide that information. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that too because yeah, it, it made yeah. everyone hold out their hopes for nothing when otherwise we could have been more excited. Yeah. Especially, especially because it would it it is as of a realm reborn. It is the first gender locked race. Yes. So there there was no reason to hold back that information. So that that was the negative thing I think Square did. I think it was a PR nightmare. I think they really fucked up there. However, maybe their decisions are sound. Maybe they should have just gone with dual genders for one and then announced that they'll do another one at a later date. I don't know, but they it, again. It sounds like they're trying to appease a wider group of people without going to a deep enough to like really please them enough. You know what I mean? It's, it's a different technique. Instead of going deep and going like, I'm going to make sure the Viera is fucking amazing. They basically went, I'm going to cover these things widely. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Mm-hmm. If Square Enix is going to piss people off, they should have made male Viera only and then female Rothgar only and piss off the most amount of people in the shortest amount of time. Well, see, Omar, I think, you know, he's saying it was in front of our face. They would have included it in the art, yada, yada. Well, the reason we thought they are only including one because we thought the big reveal that Japanese fan was going to be, yes, male Viera for the first time in the franchise. You know, like that's what we thought was going to be announced. So that's why they were specifically hiding Well, Nico, it. we also thought we were going to get another healer, but look how that turned out. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's people been saying that, like, oh, well, maybe he didn't have full rights to uh, have Viera creative control, and so he I wasn't think, allowed to add male gosh, Viera. I, I think, I think I've seen I so think, many people say this on Facebook. So no, you know why that happened? Because someone came up with that conspiracy theory. I dug into it. Someone came up with that conspiracy theory, posted on Reddit, and then everyone started mimicking him. I mean that, that so that's what there's happens. no actual there's no actual source for that it's all the original oh, of course post, uh, reddit post that some it's guy went pe- I bet you he didn't have rights yeah and it's, it's like, because people are trying to what? find comfort in in why Square Enix would fuck them yeah. over they're like but, Yoshi P wouldn't do this to us he knows we yeah. want it maybe it's because he couldn't I know I legitimately he gave <laughs> like, the reason in, in Hap's interview though and the reason in yeah. Hap's interview is just hey I I I had a choice I can make the people who want a non-humanoids happy the people on Viera happy I chose to make them both happy and you know, there was no precedent in the franchise for male Vieira. And rather than us try to be the first to create it, I felt it would be easier just to make this other group of people happy first and then see what we can do at a later date. Like it's, is anyone else really upset that we have Ronso now? Like that's our second cat race. It's Khajiit. They had to compete with ESO, dude. Well, they I mean, Khajiit. Th- that's i mean i think it's thing. fair to enough. have them but the thing is that he said this will be the last race probably ever implemented so that means the final race we ever get is this a duplicate cat person yeah so it's like, not that having them is stuff. bad it's just this is what they chose to die on shouldn't we had like i don't know like bears or something or, and orc, tigers, orc looking things i feel I like orcs or trolls of some orcs kind, or no? trolls looking things would be way Those cooler are like beastman race so i understand why though I mean, the yeah. weeaboo yeah. country doesn't want to do that okay, okay. but we could have had a different kind of big furry race okay there's more furries than just bunnies and cats 
I think they're <laughs> I, a part of me. The conspiracy theory in me is like they wanted Khajiit. They just needed to figure out a way to get Khajiit in here. <laughs> I doubt it. See, I don't know. I would I, I would love to see the females of these, though, because I I have always wanted. That's why I play Rogan because I feel like they look the least human-ish. And I was so bored in 11. Like, I picked a, a human in 11, and at, by the, like, second expansion, I was so bored of it. And you couldn't just Fantasia your character. Yeah. You had to make a new one. Yeah. You know so I was so bored of why did I just pick a human character when I play... 14, I'm going to pick the most non-human one I can and fuck Lollafels. So originally I was an Elizin, and then as soon as they wow, released... that's kind of creepy. No, fuck Lollafels. Don't be, don't be yeah. a Lollafels. Um, oh, God, no, that's not... Okay. Never fuck Lollafels. I'm, I'm choosing to ignore what you're saying. No, and so UN then as soon as female Rogans came out, that's what I went. If we got female Hrothgar, I would, I would give that one a try, too. Gross. Honestly, I mean, there's a Lupin, Lupinoid race, like the wolf people, right? We've seen them yeah, a lot. Yeah, they... Life. Yes. There's... there's uh, I think there's another race too. There's a. Um... No, there's the Anant. I mean, they're beast tribes, but like, I mean, the yeah. Lupins are beast tribes too. That like, you can fight. There are some that are enemies. Um, yeah, but there's, that was like there's, the... there's also humanoids that are enemies. It, it doesn't count. I mean, like, I guess. How about Garlean? Just as I know, it's humanoid, but like theoretically, that could have been another race. Too. I mean, that, that, was, that, would, so, that wouldn't fit in the lore so to play boring, a Garlean, though. But I would also really expect that. I'd be like, yeah, that, that's fair. Sure. Yeah, get my third eye. Well, right. so is we also have Pajals, which are just hears that have like grown horns and they're born like once every yeah, but years. Lore wise, there's like really, really few of them. So it just simply wouldn't make sense. It'd be like something like having male bunnies. Unless That's like every cute. millionth person to make a hear would just happen to have Pajal ears, <laughs> like the little horns. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. So they I could have done something original too. They did it with Aura. Although it could have been less humanoid, I mean, like an original thing that was less. See, humanoid. I like. I feel like the male aura aren't bad, but the female aura just look like Makote's. Just swapped. Female, for I feel the opposite. I like the female aura a lot. Actually. I like. Really? Yeah, I like female aura a lot more yeah. than male. Because I because when they first showed the male aura, I was like, oh cool, they're tall and lanky and a little bit more lizard like. So I thought the females were also going to be like lanky and slithery, you know. And then they are just Makote. So I I like that they're they're tiny and cute. I think it's neat. Yeah, but we have so many tiny, cute females. We don't need that anymore. Uh, I mean, that's excuse fair. you. Uh, excuse you. You always have more more cute females. I'm sorry. But the thing is, is that like who is the target? Who do you think the target audience is? Okay, clearly the fact that so many people play Lollafells. I don't know. I don't yeah, actually, know. you're right. I, that that does feel <laughs> like that blows my mind. I don't know because Lollafells are like I can see the appeal a little bit to some people but the fact that so many people will like literally plant their flag on the lollafells or the master race and die there i don't understand it i really i really don't okay any last words on the race or we we exhausted all of those avenues because i think square enix needs to throw caution to the wind and give us racial abilities i'm sure they'll be able to balance those what (laughs) okay that was we need racial abilities square enix Make race have it. Make having a race be uh, impact or rotation. No, whoa, whoa, whoa! Racial abilities doesn't mean that's impact or rotation. It can just be yeah, a small yes. Bump. Make it impact no. or rotation. No, yeah. don't do that. Do it. Don't do that. That would be horrible. Do no, it. Don't don't do that. Because then there'd be way more of a meta, and that's not. Yeah, don't. Yeah. No, a lot more no, meta. I don't no, like that. Nope. What mm-hmm. I more, my more character. Uh, my final would... word. No, I'm just no. ignoring you. My final word is that I think they will give us female. Hrothgar and Male Vieira in 6.0 and I think it will be they will not tell us ahead of time they're not going to tell us now oh hey we'll do it in the next expansion they won't tell us because 
they don't have new races to announce. They've said they're not going to announce new races. So next expansion, the big new like racial announcement is going to be like, hey, guess what? Male Vieira and make everyone lose their mind next expansion because they're not going to have anything else to hype people up over. So that's what it's going to be. That's unless unless because of the new jobs, they literally cannot fit into their schedule to add an even oh my a gender. God. No, I I'm, think I'm, they will. Fuck you and fuck Square Enix. All if right. They say they don't have time to add anything because they have new jobs. Because if they're going to give us fucking limited ass jobs with no fucking point, then they have time to add new races. Thank so, you very much. Supposedly, they're waiting to hear our feedback from the content they introduced for Blue Mage after Shadowbringers to see what they want to do with limited jobs as a whole. Delete them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, honestly, if an... I, I got to be honest. If the feedback was pretty negative over limited jobs... Delete Blue Mage. The next, the delete Lords of Vermillion. Delete... All that other stupid shit that nobody likes. The problem is people would actually have to stop playing that content for them to see that. So the best thing you can do if you don't want it is don't engage in it. Yeah. I'm doing my part. Yeah, Jux is doing his. But I'm, I'm saying it's, it's everyone's opinion, right? I mean, so if you don't want something, don't participate in it. They'll see the analytics. That's true. That's the only thing you can do. Well, I, mean, I mean, I haven't even unlocked Blue Mage, so I'm doing my part. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't if you don't like the current implementation of Blue Mage, you're doing your part. If you do, you should do the opposite of Nika and you should actually play it actively. Yeah, see, I don't know. I have I, it if. sounds stupid. I don't like I just don't know. Like I feel I I feel like they could do more with limited jobs like Beastmaster, Puppet Master, whatever, but like what's the point of it? Unless they give us actual content it's worth doing. Like we don't have overworld content. If we had overworld content you could bring Blue Mages to, sure. We don't they, that's so. why they're saying wait for the level sixty content for Blue Mage coming out in like five one or whatever. Okay, have they yeah, okay. said when they're going to update Blue Mage? They did say in an interview. Uh, post Don't say Stormbringers. Like in a Stormbringers. They said early, very soon after Shadowbringers. So it could said. be in the it's first few weeks or it could it, be four point or 5.1. It sound, sounds like 5.1 to me, but we don't know an exact schedule. No. Did he say like recent after... I don't know if he said he either said recent or the I don't think he said first patch. He said he said shortly after. I think it was the phrase shortly after. Right. So it okay. could be that's a patch a, or it could be. It's probably five one. I, I'm holding. I'm assuming that's going to be a five point five. What? That's not shortly no. after. They're no. not going to wait I mean, that I, long. If he said no. shortly after, but you guys are kind of on the fence if if he said shortly after. What about square? Uh, what about people in the chat? Are I'll, they, I'll pull it up. I have the one quote. patch before expansion. That One patch nice. before expansion? No, they're not updating blue before expansion. That wasn't on their their roadmap. Yeah, um, there's no way. No, that's not gonna happen. It's gonna be like I think it'll be four or five point one or five point one five. It's, My assumption is that they're yeah. not gonna update blue nature until five point five and use that as the no. a little bit of a lull bridge bridge no, lull. They already said they want to kind of catch up and get blue mage to. Uh, they they want they want the limited job content. Currently, they're thinking to be a expansion behind not like multiple so i think okay. the whole, i think the whole idea is they want to get it to 60 early in shadowbringers because we're going to 80 Shadow, yeah and then at the end of shadowbringers they'll get it up to stormblood like at 70 and then the next expansion will come out and they'll eventually somewhere there they'll catch them up again and they'll just keep rotating like that okay i guess that's um, fine. yeah uh, i'm just gonna grab the quote for you guys the quote about yeah in the Easter happy interview he mentioned when blue mage is getting new content oh okay so okay so as for blue mage it's still only available at the entry level it's quite easy to level and only basic content for it is available we will eventually increase the level cap for it and release new content when we increase the cap we will have 
some more content, which some of which is a little bit more hardcore than what we have today. This will release sometime after the Shadowbringers release. We want to see how players respond to these new contents. Uh, until we reach that point, we don't want to talk much about the future of limited jobs as a whole. We really need to see some player feedback after more Blue Mage content is available in order to make a decision. Yeah, so they so, wouldn't wait till the uh, end of expansion to try to get that feedback because they're going to want to know as early as possible to start preparing for whenever they'd add another yep. job. Yep, because yeah. their pipeline is, again, way too long. Yeah. Sometime. That's Blizzard soon, I'm sure. <laughs> TM. Soon TM. Soon TM, yeah. There you go. Also, <laughs> oh, I had a point, but I forgot what it was. Good job. Oh, yeah. So, like, <laughs> why Blue Mage, like, they're touting it like it's like a solo job right but this hand you gotta do group content with it that shit's really stupid and i hate it and what the fuck is square enix thinking end (laughs) i don't even know what you were ranting about right there i was just amused by strife copying your hand movements (laughs) i'm ranting at the fact that i that I have to, uh, as a blue mage, uh, rely on others to get my solo job. Right, so you uh, very much dislike the way blue mage is currently implemented. Because it's supposed aspect. to be a solo job, but you really, to get the primal abilities, you have to rely on others. Right. right. I think if they could, like, if you're going to have it be a solo job and have it be, like, sectioned off in its own little, little quarantined area, then just fucking throw shit to the wall and have it be able to solo primals. Just do it. I mean, yeah, theoretically. I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah. Fuck it. It's not going to affect anything else. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Like, you're right. Why not just solo? Pro- I mean, but you could. I don't know. Because you could technically then just like power level and carry someone through content. But at that point, I'm, it also does. I'm pretty, pretty sure once the cap goes up to 60, you will be solo. I mean, yeah, probably. Because you can already solo primals as a level 70 job. So there's really like thinking about that. You're right. It wouldn't really matter. And since blue is so OP, I'm pretty sure we're going to see some people going in like solo Ifrit and stuff like that at 60. Yeah. yeah. The end. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to make sure I said that before. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's our opinion. And I feel like most people fall into a similar opinion of Blue Mage. But who knows? Maybe the, the vocal minority will be the people that's like, yeah, Blue Mage, give us Puppet Master. And they'll be like, yeah, here you or go. Or Beastmaster. Or Beastmaster. So... Here we go. And while we're still here, we can mention this one more time for the people just tuning in. Any mentions of Beastmaster so far are possible. We do, no, Just stop, Nika. Stop. Let them be idiots. Okay, we'll let you be idiots. We did mention that at the beginning. Okay. Um, the next thing that they did... Uh, <laughs> I, I can't... I'm tripping over myself. Nika's words. She called you all idiots. I can't words. Okay. Um, so the next thing they announced was they were going to say, okay, so the next expansion... We're going to go to, and we're all like, Garlemald. Then they're like, the first shard. We're like, what? Okay. Um, nothing. Not, I did not expect this. Um, I don't know if you guys would have expected this either. Um, I know that I was complaining in uh, sh- all of st- uh, Stormblood. I'm starting to mix up Shadowblood, Stormbringers. All of Stormblood, uh, I was complaining that, you know, we just learned that worlds, worlds are literally being absorbed by dark and light. And we're just like, well, that's cool. I'm going to go liberate one country on my world. Yeah, that's what, um, that's what you're yeah. complaining about. Nathan. It is what I was complaining about. So I am very surprised. So pleasantly happy. surprised. Yeah, I am. I'm pleasantly surprised to see that we I are now... Stop bitching then, Nika. I'm not bitching. I'm saying why I didn't expect it. getting hysterical, Oh, Justin. my God. Look, at she's going hysterical. Oh, my gosh, Nika. 
You get what you want, you still complain. Mm, I'm not complaining. I'm just talking about how I did not see it coming, but I am pleasantly surprised that we are now caring about the greater overall story. However, I'm not really sure how they can go from this beyond. I just feel like this is like the into. They should have waited for this until the game was dying and then told us about the other worlds. I feel yeah, like honestly, this this could just be a setup though. Now they have more places to go if they need to figure I out. I mean, that's else. very true. But I feel like telling us in Heaven's War that there are multiple worlds. Nika, uh, for the benefit I feel like that's somewhat you start going to other what for the benefit of the chat and for Kuki, can you explain what the first shard it's kind is? Kind of what I was getting to. Gosh, yes. Well, so in Heaven's Word, we you know Menphelia melched with the goddess. Heidelin. Told us Heidelin told us that there are multiple worlds, all you know, branched there. off of our world. I don't even know. I don't even remember the specific world behind it. We're the source. We're the source world, and 13 other worlds branched off of us. That means there are 14 worlds in total, just like FF14. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, And the idea is that when you saw the Warriors of Darkness during the Heavensward plotline between patches 3 and 4, the first. They were from from where we're going. Yes, I checked in the lore book. Oh, okay. Yeah, so basically they're from the first, first realm, the first world, and we're going. that's where we're going now. So it's going to be really interesting that the, they were warriors of light in that world. They're the ones who caused the flood. And they of light. had to turn into warriors of darkness, which is what we're doing. So they came. They came over here to stop another flood of light, like the one they caused. But they did that by killing themselves. Okay, so yeah. they so, say so, they caused the flood of light in this in the first in the first, and their world is destroyed, and it's all destroyed. light now. Well, and most so, of in, it in my head. In my little pea brain head, apparently, I thought, okay, so the first is now just white, and you can't so, go there because so, it's See, that's gone. what I thought, too. So, hold on, hold on. So, they, so there was uh, some questions, Q&A, where they explained it. The idea is that there's a small region of the world, uh, the Crystal Tower being kind of the center of it, where they have, like, the last bastion of humanity. And very slowly now, everywhere else outside of, like, a couple of zones worth of area is light. It is flooded. It is all white and blah. You can't do anything. Right, and there's and they also and, said and it's, it's perpetual it's daylight too. That doesn't turn nighttime, yeah, and nothing, even in the areas no that night. you can go to. Right, and the idea is that the flood of light is very slowly kind of encroaching, and they have some sort of mechanism to try to hold it back, like a barrier from these areas. And but the idea is the light is slowly kind of closing in on them, and it's like it's only a matter of time for them, basically. Um, oh, so the only areas that are not affected are the areas in Shadowbringers. Pretty much. Yes. That's convenient. So they will never have to go anywhere else. In well, the- I'm, we sure we'll, I'm, sure we'll, I'm sure we'll see some of it. And the idea is we're trying. And as we restore, who knows? Maybe as we restore night to some of these areas, other ones open up that were previously flooded. We don't know how they'll do it. Um, but I, I, feel I, like I this sounds really familiar. Like, I feel like I played this game before. Like, there's something with like a, like a lady and like I was like a, like a god and like like there like there's like this emptiness like encroaching in and like everything died or something i feel like i've heard this story before what are you referring to final fantasy 11 idiot the emptiness i don't know I encapsulating know. everything in, except race and jima yeah where... i don't remember rise and jima's lore barely at all oh my god <laughs> Any, anyway so I, I i think going to the first though is only part of the story because um you know the asian that's possessing xenos is uh he mentioned something like how he's going to, he has plans in motion while we're going to leave. So it sounds like they're going to cause some shit with Garlemald and the war while we're away. 
and then we're going to come to come back later and deal with it. So I don't think it's completely the first for Shadowbringers. Oh, I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be split between Garland Mold and the first, like how we were That's split between too. Doma yeah. and Alamigo. Yeah, um, but yeah it, I mean, I caught this actually before they even revealed the first um, in the full trailer. Uh, Mitoya Yostola says, um, you know, that we need to hold it down here while our friend is away until they get back. And I was like, are they referring to the Warrior of Light? And then as soon as they referred, they told us about the first, I was like, that's exactly what she was referring to. We're on the first and they need to hold ground back doing whatever they're doing until we return. So right. there's definitely like two storylines playing out at the same time. Yeah. And I think, I think the... I can't remember. It was Grotwood in the first fan fest that they announced the wooded area, and it had the the structure that they're standing on. It, it I thought there was a zone that they announced in one of the first fan fests that looked like that was where the Viera are roughly from, like roughly that area. Yeah, maybe. But that would mean it would be near Rab the ruins of Rabanaster in Othard continent. Probably. Which would mean it would be in our world, and that would be also yes. close-ish on its way to Garlemald. Yeah. So, I, I still I, think we'll end up in Garlemald because, I mean, even though they said we're doing a lot with Hydaelyn and Zodiark mm-hmm. and all of this, they did still say that this was going to be focused on taking down Garlemald. Like, for fuck's sake, did any of us think that we would still be going up against Xenos <laughs> going into the next expansion? No, we didn't. Okay, you know, way back when, when we were at a Stormblood's uh, fan fest, they said that, by, that uh, by the end of it, we would hate Xenos. And you know what? We are hating Xenos for the same reason we hated Seymour. Because that fucker kept on coming back. Yeah, so but... Uh, congratulations, Granix. We hate Xenos. Thanks a lot. Yeah, there we go. Thank yeah. you. Gratika Greatwood. Yeah, that's it. The gra- I said Grotwoods in Tamriel. I did say Grotwood, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. I? I mispronounced it. Yeah, it's Gratika. <sighs> yes. So we got... At the Fan Fest, after they told us we were going to the first, they did show three new areas. So I'm going to pop up the, some of the screenshots uh, back on the screen here. Um, first, they showed us uh, Crystarium, which I think they one of these areas was supposed to be around. I don't know Crystar- where this one's supposed to be. Crystarium is right around the Crystal Tower. It's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. It's also based on the uh, zone that they created for the tech demo for the FF14 engine back in like mid-2000s. Yes. Yes. Everyone saw this and they're like, oh, wait, this is a Project Rapture's tech demo zone. Yep. Um, yeah. The original, I, the original engine for 14. Yeah, the original engine. The so they, like, I don't know if they actually reused the assets or if they just decided to reuse the design. No. But no, like, they, just, they just made the zone. They just used the same on. design. But um, it, it was, it's interesting that they decided to go back to that. And it's kind of cool, I guess, actually, for those of us that have been following it since the beginning. They're like, wow, this looks super familiar yeah, the, the tech demo was for the first no big deal yeah it was you know it was for 5.0 i mean you know why not yeah, so, it was only yeah, like you know two decades in advance not big deal yeah so so we see crystarium it's really pretty i really like all the crystal the crystal aesthetic that's going on here um you i can, like you can I like s- it does feel like though like the la like an outed like a like a small village it does or a small mini city it does not feel like a big sprawling uh it feels more like the ref Mordana. Like like, feels yeah. more like Mordana. Like it's a it's a refuge that's getting built up over time or was built up over time. It doesn't feel like a big sprawling uh But I mean like here's like this clip I've got going in the the video here. You can see though, like where the, the player character is running. This is I mean, this is pretty open, like big I don't know, big building of some sort. I mean, I feel like even yeah. if looking down here, you see like the eighth rate plaza and there's like a lot of hustle and bustle going yeah. on. Like there's a lot of people, well, it's very well, active. It's the last, but it's the last people. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Good, I mean, good point. Yeah, and it's they the and they, yeah, everyone's they just been escaping the light flooded zones, right, and coming to these. 
Yeah, and I believe the other town they mentioned starts with an E. What's it called? Um, here's the next one. It is Yulmore. Uh, your, your, Yulmore, yeah. For Yulmore, they said that uh, this is more like the last big city. This is where the fat cats are hanging out at the top. Like, like just all the rich yes. people basically so living out the The rich people the are up the in the top. And so, and then the poor people, they said that the, it's very exclusive and they only let so many people in. So here in this video playing, you see like, you know, shoddy houses people have just kind of thrown up to try to survive down here. Right. Um, it's, this is still on the first? Yeah, yeah this, this is all, is all in the first. Yeah. So this all, is this is like a refugee area and only select people are even allowed through. And that's and, why the inside here you see is super beautiful and super awesome. And you see the Mikote that are so fat because they have all the food and money for themselves. And they're just kind of living out the end of days because like, well, we're fucked anyway. So let's just get drunk and fat and move on. Yeah. Like here's, so. here's our fat cats. Okay. So how many people would be, uh, would also be very happy if they decide to just delete Rothgar, delete Viera and just have the fat cats as the fat well, Mikotes as the new race. Cause I would be, but they're the same race. They would just, we just need a fat slider. That's fine. No, no. Well, I mean, you can't have a fat slider. Well, yeah, you can. It's like having, they, you, they, have, it, they have muscle tone. So the one end of the plant. muscle tone is super ripped and the other end is really fat. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that, Nika. It's like yeah. Highlanders and the other uh, hero race that nobody cares about. They, if they had designed it like that from the beginning, it could have worked like that. But Just add a new no. third clan, uh, fat cats, and we're good. And then we'd be Gucci. I don't know. Um, then the third area they showed was Lakeland. Um, mm-hmm. which I think they said is actually what was built around their uh, Mordona. Uh, because he had mentioned, oh, you'd, you know, there's a lake here, and you know that in our Mordona, there is an area where a lake should be. <laughs> yeah, the purple's a dead giveaway, too. Yeah, so this is basically what their Mordona ends up building into, and it ends up being Lakeland. It's... Yeah, so no no dead Midgar Somor body like wrapped around the Yeah, so the I mean so essentially like the worlds are what they're saying is when the world split off they were identical copies and then as time evolved, obviously things change over time. The the cities yeah. evolve differently and you know the races evolve differently. You, you know you know in the uh the previous fan fest where they show off the Pixies and their their zone? I'm really curious. Yeah. I'm really curious now whether that's in the first or in our world. Oh, that's true. They didn't say. I, I you know what? It might be the this world's versions of sylphs because we kept saying how similar they are to sylphs. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, so maybe it's the first version of sylphs. Right. But then again, when they showed off the how races evolved differently, so far we've only seen them evolve differently in names and and attitudes, not in physical appearance. That's like true. La, like Lala fell are dwarves, but the only difference is the gear they wear, their helmets, and where they live. Not yes. their, and their uh, beards. Thank you very much. That, but look, they're not real beards. Look at they're not real beards. It's they're... just it's what do you just mean clothes. Okay, beard. look at the picture on the stream. That is definitely a, a, like cloth or like a giant scarf. We thought it That's was a beard. Lala fell. The the dwarf is behind him. That is a d- dwarf. That's a that's a dwarf without the helmet. Yep. They so, literally said dwarves are just Lalafells with helmets. Right, and, but they ne- but here it says never without their helmets and never without their beards. So I don't know. <laughs> like, they, I mean, I like the idea that the races evolve differently, but again, like Lollafells look exactly the same, and yeah. Mikote probably do too. Just th- and those if you, ones are. If fat. you scroll down, it, they're they're hinting that they're really just the same races with different names and slightly different appearances. Yes. So they here. Oh, that was a great advertisement right in my way. Awesome so good um 
we see that they have different names on the first, but that's like all we know about how they evolved differently. And I've, some of these names are interesting. Like they gave here Humes, which is what they were called in FF11, but then they didn't just stick to the same naming scheme for all of them. So then Mikote, right. we've got the Mistel or Mistel. Yeah. Mistel. Elizabeth just called just, elves. <laughs> I think that's just like them, like letting you know that, like, yeah, even though there's 14 different worlds it's not like this is final fantasy one world this is final fantasy yeah, i mean two obviously world. Final fantasy 11 world right. you know um we've got rogan and our gelgent ara or drawn lalafell or the dwarves um dwarves and elves are more you know normal fantasy i think we've got viera are called the vis and hrothgar are hmm, ronso so Ron-so. yeah hmm. i'm wondering why they chose not to call them ronso in our world and then hrothgar in the first but for shits and giggles i guess who cares? I don't know. How about that? How about that, Nika? Sure. It doesn't matter. Why? Why doesn't it matter? It's interesting. It it's, matter? I don't know. No, they said that the the they they said that the dwarves are a beast tribe, but I couldn't figure out if that meant that we'd actually have like beast tribe quests with them, or if they're that was kind of just like a funny way of being like every race on the first is a beast tribe because they're all different from Mars. I couldn't quite uh, gather what they were I going think, for there. I think it's more of some of the races in that world are treated inferior. They're not. There's not equality like on our world. Okay, so you Therefore, think the the Lalafell race is actually treated like a beast tribe race there? Yep. I that's that's my guess. They did say that there are only some places that only short people could even get into. So like I don't know like this house here like oh only Lollafells yeah. can get in. Like I don't know if that means there's Lollafell exclusive content cuz a lot of people are treating it that way. I don't I don't think it <laughs> I don't think it's content. I think it's if you like to explore and you want to explore the dwarves houses you'd have to be a Lollafell. Okay, yeah. that that but, makes but, sense. But so it's like I mean how badly do you want to explore these tiny little homes? They probably won't have much in them. It'll probably just be like bookshelves and standard I furniture. I know it's kind of cute though. The it's idea cute, of it. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's not the end of the world if you can't get in. I don't think it means anything. Yeah, probably it's not. that all these dwarves are seen uh, with their helmets and with their beards at all times. Interesting. Yes, we already said that. I'm just saying that it's confirmed in the screenshots that they are never without their helmets and never without their beards. Yes, which I've already said. I know we've already said that. And Square Enix has also said that. But I'm just also confirming that. <laughs> okay, thanks for the confirmation. Not without their beards. Thank you for that contribution. Appreciate it. I mean, Square Enix felt the need to let us know that. So I want to reiterate. I mean, do you think that there's going to be imp- important lore behind that? There has to be. I mean, why would else would Square Enix say that? I mean, I guess that might be that might be true. So we're never actually going to see their Lollafell feces, which is okay with me. <laughs> what they did show wow, us. Nika, why do you have to be? A I don't like Lollafells. Okay, they're ugly. All right, so we also have um, some screenshots wow. from dungeons, but they didn't tell us anything about them other than these are going to be screenshots from dungeons. I do like this one. It looks, you know, it's like an entire town being burned down, and I don't know if it's like. You know, like someone burned it down, or if it's like the light as light is flooding burns things. But there's clouds in this. I don't know. This doesn't look very light. I'm sure there's some sort of antagonist that's burning the town down. But it looks really cool. What if Xenos follows us to the first? This one just looks trippy, and this looks like we're in like Alice in Wonderland, and I'm not sure what this is. I I have a feeling, just based on where the story is going, no one's going to follow us to the first, just going to take advantage that we're not around. Because what I, if they, they mentioned what if Xenos follows us there and he has the darkness with him and we have to team up with Xenos and Stop. then 
have gay orgy sex um well what because we love him <laughs> can i get a mute juxta is that still a thing unfortunately it's not it's I have not the power. in the way i can't mute all of you Fine. you can't mute me to the twitch stream because i've but, got the audio control but uh, i can mute both of you but, at the same time that's all i could do great but maybe <laughs> i'll take the hit who knows but basically um i they did mention that the way that we're going to get to the first is um some special tool plus our echo ability as opposed to what the warriors of darkness did where they had to literally kill themselves so we're apparently gonna have a way to go back and forth whereas most people would not but we're, we know we're bffs with hydaelyn so we have special privilege i think it's more to do with the beacon that is at the crystal tower if i had to guess but yeah who knows who knows yeah probably hydaelyn, hydaelyn hasn't been around since uh heaven's Wars, that's so true and we'll get there when we get more to the msq um, because the last like big thing they talked about was uh, the new 24-man raid. They at least told us what it was called. It's called Eden. And they made a really big deal out of being like, hey, here's the art for Coil. Here's the art for Alexander. Here's the art for Omega. And here's the art for Eden. It is a sprig. It Yay. is literally a, green leaf. Yeah. a, it's a new, new adventure. It is a twig. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people, it sounds like, have been... Uh... Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, that's right. Tetsuya is doing the character in Boston. Yes, Tetsuya Nomura is the guest designer for this. And hey. he also designed this lovely lady named Gaia. And oh, don't expect the hammer to stay, apparently. She, no, 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 no. What they said was Nomura didn't remember that 14 did not have hammers. And so he gave her a hammer. However, they said, well, we'll just make it work. So it doesn't sound like There's they're going to get hammer rid of game. it. Now, how how soon you quickly forget Nero? How dare you? How, and how soon you forget that Godbert can take his goldsmith hammer and make it the size of that one? So I don't know what they're gonna do, but somehow she's got a hammer, and I wish they would just announce a hammer a hammer job class, but they're not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, so she'll she'll be our our NPC we hang out with, I guess. Yeah, but she she looks it's, very Nomura. I'm not really. She doesn't. She's uh, it's really ugly. I don't think she's super ugly. I think her lips it's look weird, really ugly. but it, it looks very Nomura and I'm not surprised, but I'm, I mean, I'm curious it's, how it's concept art. We'll see. Yeah. I am curious how they're going to implement all of that, but I mean, I guess hey, it's about so, time that Nomura takes part in something in this game. So yay. It's for the 24. Well, man he raid. finally or finished not 24 man, for the eight man raid. Sorry. He finally finished final fantasy 15 and kingdom hearts. So he's finally. I realized like I said 24 man, like four times and I actually yeah. actually meant the eight man eight, end eight game man. raid. The 24 man is the your host of which I'm really excited for. We talked about that yeah. last time. The eight man is the, yeah. uh, the, the Eden. It, Why can't yeah. we have like lore and continuity that's not influenced by outside directors? Because I, don't I think, think they're out I don't of think ideas. Eden is. I don't think Eden is influenced by outside directors. I think it's a core part of the storyline. The eight-man raids generally have a, a bit more influence on the storyline. Yeah, it says guest creator for character and boss yeah. design. So he's yeah, just like, kind of the visual aspect of it. So while just the 20 year old character and boss designs, it yeah, says. He is the visual aspect of it. I don't think he is storyline yeah. or mechanics. No, no. He's the just, standard team yeah. for that. Yeah, he's yeah, just... I, here for you know because that's what Nomura does best is design characters not actually create games so it's probably right. best that this is what we're are using we for. sure that Nomura created that black thing because i don't see any belts or zippers on. Yeah, that's what i was thinking where's the zipper <laughs> uh, she does have a belt around her waist an oh, in, in oversized coat okay right. one belt that's that's called having a belt if that's i don't see Nomura at least belt. two zippers there's no way okay she's it's, she's it's got she's got it's the not... belt in the center and her coat is really really big so that's I don't that, know. That, he was probably thinking, okay, 14's a little more edgy and dark, so 
I'm going to make her edgy and dark. Oh my God. And that's, Rick, Rick, that's what we got. Regardless. Um, yeah. I, I think that they treat the 24 man's as side stories and that's why they're okay with having guests like true guest designers to come in and help create the content. Yeah. But with the eight mans, I think there's always the chance that they like to tie them in a little bit into the main story. And, uh, you know, they did. He did mention that because we have normal mode difficulty for the raids, he would be okay in the future if we did feel the need to, if they did feel the need to tie in uh, a raid into the MSQ. He feels that he could do that because normal mode is so good for entry level people. Yeah. Um, so whether that actually happens with Eden, who knows? But I do think that they do consider the eight man raids to be part of the core story, even if it's not always directly tied to the MSQ. I think it's the twenty four mans where they consider these crazy side adventures that we go on yes i agree and so we'll see where that goes i am intrigued that all we know about it is a plant and we didn't actually see like you know it's a big thing like omega or it's a big thing like alexander so i mean it's a big thing like bahamut or bahamut oh yeah that guy so we'll see where it goes um the last little thing that they announced is they showed pictures of some new enemies they're called sin eaters um, they didn't tell us too much about that, other than they're kind of creepy looking. And they're like, light void scent. They're yeah, light void scent. So I don't know what that would be, but I got very like Dark Soulsy vibes from them, which is good in my opinion. That still shows to me that they're kind of keeping with the dark, darker theme of the story in MSQ. So maybe we'll actually get a dark story this time around. Because like, look how creepy that thing is on the left. Ugh, that's ugly. I don't even like. Ugh, I don't know. So- it's what happens when sickness must be purged. But it but isn't purged. It's wrong. There so. these things are there to purge your sin, Nika. Apparently. Gonna, this is this is the light. Purge not purge it. They're gonna eat it. They're gonna eat it. I mean they're sin eaters. Um so yeah, it is the opposite of, of void scent. Um so apparently though, too, the void scent come from the thirteenth world and that itself is the void. So was the void scent like was the thirteenth world? Is that a completely in- enveloped in dark world? I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't have that info. Yeah, I don't know. Like, we need, the we need some lore masters from a, from a shard that's completely. So dark then, these ones yet. must come from a. Sh- I mean, is it from this one because it's falling into light, or is they are they from somewhere else? Maybe they are from this world. Um, from the first, I guess it says the first is falling to light. So now we have light side. But like, okay, so a, a world's falling completely to the dark. It creates the void scent. Does that mean like like the people of the world are turning into the monsters? I never thought of it that way. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't know. They've never been really clear whether these void scent are other people like, or souls that are actually. Wait, they went over this in the stupid twenty-four man in um, Heavensward, the they? pirate one. They went over how where void scent come from. Crap, I can't remember. Like I mean, mad, mad. we I'm know legit. that they're from the 13th, which is completely enveloped by darkness. And either it's monsters that were created from the darkness, or they are people that have been corrupted think, by darkness. I think Blue Cloudy in the Blue chat Cloudy says they kind of yes, void sent our people. That's what I thought because I thought they they kind of hinted at that in the uh, the 24 men in Heaven's Ward that like these were once people and now they're the void okay. Sent. That's really sad. I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, you it's good murdering people. All the Saying, time. I like the dark story, but it makes me sad. Um, so that way, then we know that these light scent are people that literally they could be like our main character on the first's best friend, right? Turned into light and we have to kill them. You, you know, That's Nika, really if, you're, if you're upset, we can keep playing the edgy games and you can go play Yoshi's Crafted World and then we'll be fine. 
Or Nika, they could no, be okay. uh, your squadron that you had to shoot on that uh, one uh, Metal Gear Solid Five mission. No, stop! Don't it bring could be those people. Don't bring don't don't bring my headspace back to that. I've moved and on from got, that. I don't think about that time anymore. Before they could even do anything I about it. I don't think about that anymore. Oh my! God. You're helpless. I don't. Stop. How does that make you feel? Stop it. Are you emotionally attached to these characters? I was very emotionally attached to Metal Gear and the way that you had to kill your Innocence own people was could very be. sad. Could be your second in command, Nika. I like broke down during that Final Encounter cast episode and just like cried. And I cried. I was crying for like twenty minutes before that episode. It was really. It was. It was. It was a lot. So moving on, we're not talking about that anymore because I'm going to get sad again. Um, so they at the fan fest they had live letter fifty. I mean, this is a milestone for live letters, right? Like, I mean, Eleven never did shit like this. We love they've been doing live letters since the beginning. Like, this is amazing. They listen to us. They give us what we want. So 50 has got to be a mind-blowing live letter because this is such a milestone, right? It was such a big milestone mm-hmm. live letter that they had like uh like a big portion of it set off like to the day before and it's called a keynote. Yeah, basically everything they should have uh, released in the live letter they revealed in the keynote. So, so the live letter, at first they were giving some stuff that actually mattered, right? So they gave us dates for things, right? So so we got, you know, that that the the EU, let's see. So April 2nd is when the EU data centers are, are flipping out. We finally got a date for the FF15 collaboration. That's April 16th. And I think it lasts till like May 20 something. So it's like a month. Um, and that we get, we finally get a four-man mount in the game. Dun, dun, dun. The regalia is a four-man mount, and do we have to do anything to get the mount? People have data mined. People have data mined that it's two hundred thousand MGP. I don't know if you have to do something first to unlock it, or if you can just oh, buy it not. as soon as the event was released. I'll just buy it because um, I already have that much MGP. Um, but they have not officially told us what we have to do for that, so I guess we just have to wait till April sixteenth. Um, April 23rd is the day where we get patch 4.57, where we will get um, the world visit system and we can finally yeet Balmung into the void called Crystal Data Center. Um, so that's happening April 23rd. So if we do any more episodes after April 23rd, I expect all of you to be world visiting our studio. You better be there, all, all of you listening right now. So to sum it up, they that's didn't it. they didn't announce content. At that, th- that's all they announced relating to the actual game. And that, you know, that the early access is on 28th and the release is on July 2nd. And that sometime mid-May, we're going to get some random various adjustments. Nika, it's All right, fine. done. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure their competitors don't announce content at their conventions. <laughs> that was it. The The whole, like, middle hour of the live letter was Q&A. Now, while some of it was interesting, um, I had to watch a lot of it on mute because I was at a family event. So I was like, what are they even doing? They're just asking stupid questions. Some of them were okay. They're, like, lore questions. or like, why did you decide to do it this way questions, which was okay. But, like, usually at these fan fests, they have a live letter and a Q&A section. Th- no, they were all included in the live letter. And then, God, I was getting so hyped, too, because I was sitting around family and I was trying not to be, like, whatever. They go, okay, guys, we've got to clear the stage. Everyone turn off your cameras. This is super important. I don't want anything except the official footage to show what we're about to show. Okay, we, we even have like this little whiteboard because we need to balance the white levels perfectly for the camera. We have to like, nothing can go wrong. And literally they were delaying for like 10 minutes. And they said that everybody in the whole entire room, even people in lines for the challenges stopped and looked because something, like they were doing something weird on the stage and it was quiet. And then they play a trailer for a fucking daddy of light movie. Yeah. Oh, uh, so. Oh my God. Uh, like, Okay, 
Oh, it was so truly like I was sitting there. I like distanced myself from my family. They're off singing happy birthday to a cousin and I'm sitting on the stairs. Like I turned my volume on and I'm just like listening. I'm like, oh my God, what are they going to announce? This is going to be huge. <laughs> and then they announced a daddy of light movie. Now, you were you pretty you kind of checked out of that because we were having a conversation in like Facebook Messenger or whatever, and all of a sudden like you're like, oh shit, it's gonna be big. It's yeah, I was like, I was like something weird is happening. They're delaying. Everyone's watching. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what's going on. Yeah. I, I remember I was out to dinner. I'm, I'm I'm following it via you, and you're just like, and Daddy of Light movie. I'm like, the what now? <laughs> no, the thing is, is like I understand why it's a big deal for Japan. So basically yeah. when something goes from a TV series to like an actual J drama, it becomes a, you know, it's a big deal. And they actually have like their equivalent of like A-list Hollywood actors playing the main characters. Like the main, like the father and son are actually like famous actors in Japan. And they actually have the actors there at the fan fest. So for people there who, who care about the movies and they care about actors and especially for Yoshi P it's a really big deal, right? Like Holly, can you imagine like people from Hollywood playing FF 14 characters? in a movie no right that's weird so over there for them to have hollywood type actors playing you know mmo movie is really cool and i understand why it's a big deal yoshi got to take pictures with them but they spent the last 30 minutes of the live letter focused on this and then a lot of it was just them like taking pictures and then then saying i'm so happy i get to be a part of this wonderful movie thank you for having me and like just you know fluff bullshit like that and i'm just like well i do think it was important for them to announce this at the Japanese fan fest specifically because those are the people that care about this. I feel like they would have done much better for everybody involved if they had, you know, when they released the schedule of events, they have some kind of like epic secret, amazing announcement as like a separate time slot on the schedule. And instead they include this on the live letter, which is usually about stuff about the game and the weirdest thing, too, is that only two events were broadcast on an English commentary um, Twitch channel. So the keynote, we had, they had Matt Hilton and Koji Fox commenting in English over top of it. The keynote and the live letter. Those are the two things that we got English translations for live. And I feel like, well, the keynote makes a lot of sense. The live letter, we didn't need any of that. <laughs> None of it. And the fact that they chose and like even the Square Enix, it was on the Square Enix Twitch channel and the Square Enix account was replying back to people saying like, this is a really big deal for them. Like you should just, you know, just sit there, you know, just listen and stop complaining. Like this is important for Japan. And we're like, yes, we understand that. But this is the live letter. This is what's broadcast in different languages. This is what's supposed to be telling us important. It's the 50th fucking live letter. And right, so and now, that's and now, and now it's a Hollywood movie about people playing the game. Well, not Hollywood, but you know. Yeah, it's the equivalent of Hollywood people actors over there. And well, I do think that it's really cool. I mean, I, to have a, such a big scale movie about 14 is really cool. But like, it, I don't think it deserved live letter slot time. I really don't. I mean, maybe they demanded it because they're like such famous actors. Maybe they're like, you have to make sure the most people are watching us. And so they had to put it in the live letter. I'll play devil's advocate. Well, I don't give a shit about this i i think they made the right call i think this is a huge deal and, and it's a good thing they did it at the jp fan fest i think if they i know i agree but i think how hard would it have been to actually have some like secret and like hype up whatever the secret announcement is and give it a separate time slot on the schedule rather than doing it during the live letter which is broadcast in all the languages you're right i'm sure organizing a big event is really hard i'm just saying <laughs> like i'm just wondering too if maybe something in their contract was like we're really famous you you know Actually, if you're I'm gonna sure it's really if you're gonna to stream us to organize a big event when you have eight different games final fantasy uh square enix only has one game thank you very much what game huh one game <laughs> how much content 
I mean, very so, little. It's Ooh. it's just possible that they that they said they had to have the most views because they're famous and we have to watch this, so they had to do it during the love letter to guarantee the most eyes watching. That's the only way I can imagine. But then the okay, Squidward so channel is just like, but it's important like, to them. It's pretty much the most retarded thing ever. It was really stupid. Nobody's gonna watch it. Okay, and people will watch, especially in Japan. They should have dedicated. All right, end of story. They should they should have dedicated a panel to it. They didn't. Whatever. We shouldn't be dedicating this much time to it on our fucking American podcast. How about that? <laughs> Can we move on? I mean, I'll watch it still as long as it gets to Netflix. Or you are part of the problem, Nika. <laughs> well, I watched the show, and while it was yes, it was cheesy and very silly, it was heartwarming and it was worth a watch. Okay. Yeah, let's let, let's whether we like it or not, it's not. There's no point insulting the the movie or the TV series. It's, Jetta, it's, it's I it's saw cool. that. I think they had it. <laughs> Whatever. It's let's. We just didn't like that it was during the live letter. We wished it was a separate panel so people could have chosen to watch it or not. Yeah, Whatever. I agree. Let's move on. So that's all we got out of FanFest. The end. A whole lot of strife was mentioned at FanFest. <laughs> but um. <laughs> The, the actual meaning of strife. <laughs> calamities. And the great healer calamity of 2019. Oh, yes. Yes, all of the strife. Yes. Um, so in other news, on uh, Tuesday, we got the patch 4.56, which concludes... Oh, I just flipped my hair. <laughs> did did it con- really conclude? It, well, it concludes the Stormblood story. We're um, not going to get any more of it, so I guess... It is the conclude. end of Stormblood, and... It was way shorter than I thought it would be. Um, it it did not really feel like the end of an expansion, but I don't know if anything can ever top two point five five where like everybody dies. Um, three okay, five five can wasn't bad. Top, nothing can ever top two point three five five. Three five five wasn't bad, but, but I remember 3. feeling three point definitely took it down. Yeah, three point five five I think wasn't bad. It felt, but it still felt more like the end of an expansion than four point five six. Um, we got, I don't even remember, what was our fucking fight? We got to play as Hien for a little bit, which was kind of cool, and like hold off. Play a really cool one-button rotation. I'm glad I did that. I mean, yeah, it was. Just kidding. I didn't do anything. I aggroed but the boss. I, I do just... like the, the story implications of all that, too, where you're like, okay, we're going to hold off Zeno until the Warrior of Light gets here. Then, you know, Yuguri and Hien get their asses kicked, and you walk in, and you're like, I'm super strong. I'm going to kick your butt. Uh, which was kind of cool because you can see how much the the, the warriors of light like, have grown over time, which was kind I of did, cool. I did like the RP while you're playing as Hien and everyone else, where it's like he's coming. It's like it's like the warrior of light's approaching. Oh yeah, it's like your, your warrior of light's almost there. Warrior of light's a few, you know, hundred yelms out. <laughs> and you're like, I gotta hold off. Like if they if they had just increased the difficulty of that encounter a little bit, it would have felt a little more uh, tense, and that would have been better. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, and then uh, I think a lot of people did actually from what I was hearing, at least died once or twice when you actually got there with your actual character. Um, I didn't die, but I did that, that DPS check that you do. I was at like 98% or something. So it was almost there. I didn't even realize there was a timer. I did it on Paladin and I probably could have played smarter, but I didn't realize there was a timer until I killed the last little spike. And I was like, Oh, there was a timer. Whoops. I probably could have played that a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I, I, I also actually failed that duty the first time I was on white mage. And yeah. I also could have played smarter, but I was, you know, just rolling my dick on the keyboard because I didn't think it was going <laughs> to matter. But lo and behold, if I had two more global cooldowns, I would have beat it. Yeah. So, I mean, at least... So the second time I did it... At I least I think that was fun. I, I liked that fight. That was, And the mechanics were fun. And it was kind of like a combination of everything, you know, all the millions of times we fought Zenos. Um, yeah. 
And so then we get, we finally, we get another fucking headache. But instead of this time just hearing throw wide the gates, we finally get to see this like random mysterious cloaked figure that's been talking at our heads this whole time. And we go to this like random void area and he didn't really explain very much other than like, hey, I didn't mean to meet you here like this, but here you are. So I guess I'll just tell you shit while you're here. Um, and he's like, but we're not actually going to tell you shit. But he said two things. He said, I need you to go to the first. You will go to the first. And I have a beacon for you at the Crystal Tower. Go find it. Okay, bye. Yeah, that was pretty much it. <laughs> That's the part I had a problem it with. It was really fact, awkward. I, the entire MSQ, um, this patch, I, I and the last patch like put together, I actually really liked it, except this part. I, it, was, like, it was awkward. Just, it felt out of it's place. Just, it's like it's not that it was even out of place. It was more like it. The, okay, it makes sense where why it happened where it happened for dramatic effect as you're fighting like Asian Xenos. But what the problem was is the way he conveyed the message to the Warrior of Light was just so like there was like details missing and if the conversation didn't flow like yeah, properly. It did not. Like it, it, not. it honestly, I gotta be honest. It's the first time in a while, not the first time, but the first time in a while where I looked at the MSQ and I went, "That's just fundamentally bad writing." Like there's, <laughs> it's not not just like okay, this is cheesy, but like. That's fundamentally bad writing, and I, I think that they could have written that dialogue with the the uh, whoever this person agree. is uh, better. They didn't have to reveal more information, but they had to reorder the way they conveyed it or something because it was just too vague. And look, we have to go to the first, and he hinted that our friends might be there, but he didn't really come out and say it. And our character's just like, huh? Yeah, and then one of and then I'm in IRL. I'm like, huh? Yeah, and then ta- like, wasn't it Tataru or someone was like, oh hey. Maybe since, you know, you went into the headaches and talked to him there and they all went in the same place. Maybe they're there, too. And then you just don't even respond. I I legitimately feel like without while I could have made the connections, we're going to the first and right. The first is where the Warriors of Darkness came from. Eventually, it wouldn't have been apparently obvious. And all the details of maybe my friends are there. If we didn't know all the fan fest announcements, I don't know if an average player would make those connections correctly. Yeah. I think they would if they really thought about it and they re-reviewed old cutscenes and stuff, but like, I don't think it would have been easy for the average player to kind of connect the dots. They would have been like, who's this guy? Beacon? What? Like, I don't think they would have figured Look, it out. Look, as far as my character is concerned, he took us out at basically the worst possible moment when our strongest foe is about to murder us. So as, as far as I'm concerned, this Crystal Hands dude is an enemy. We need oh, to no, murder Oh, no, but him. no, no, no. Just they, they had to make sure to remind us that Astinian's still around, guys. And right I, as we're I, about I, to I get actually, our head chopped off and we fall into this trance, Astinian hops in like Tuxedo Mask, jumps out, and is gone. And to be fair, <laughs> while it was random as shit, loved it. Miss Heavens oh, get the fuck out of Miss Heavens I miss fuck. Heaven's Word a lot, and I was kind of oh happy God. that it was random as fuck. It, no, it was fuck bad you. writing. It was fuck so you. random. I just, I just yeah. thought it was hilarious. I'm sorry. When no, I laughed too. I was like, it, it "What was is terrible. Estinian doing?" Mean, I didn't like it. I'm like, he, the thing is, is that he left us because he was going on some pilgrimage for himself to refine yeah, what you, he's doing. But you saw he the should just Stormblood. He's been around. I know. Like, been no, he hasn't. Yes, he yes, was. He was showing up randomly. He showed up randomly. He like destroyed a cannon, took the Nidhogg eyes. He's been like behind the scenes the whole time. Didn't he? Didn't he have another? No, he had another scene like two patches ago. He was no, 4.0, and that's it. He was nope, two patches ago. He found the bio weapons and something. Like yeah, he, he showed did up randomly. Yeah, he showed up like two patches ago randomly. And he was also in the Dragoon level seventy quest. Like he's just been around. Like he's been around. 
Nika, that quest has been done forever. Yeah, I, that that quest is the same as Jeff's I mean, point. That's four zero. But my true. my point is, he, he has been in the MSQ like two patches ago. He, yeah, he broke some. He broke some cannon, and it caused. They we're like, wait, this is like, about to explode, but wait, it didn't. And we're like, I, I, I wonder I, why. I, and you're like, oh, it was a Stinian. <laughs> right. So so I wasn't happy because of what happened. I was just happy that hey, I missed that character. This is kind of funny. And also, yay, all the people from Heaven's Word are back. Uh, goodness, solid script. It was still oh, terrible God. writing. It still shouldn't yeah, have happened. And there's still way better things they could have done. Thank you, Decibels. Yeah, thanks, for the CC, sub. for the sub. But like, I don't know. I agree. I, like a, I like a Stenian. I really do. I just feel like either he needs to be gone in this pilgrimage or he needs to be here with us. And I feel like the fact that we literally were about to get our head, like we were about to get murdered by Zenos in that exact moment because we went into that trance. But he just happens yeah. to be there and just swoops in just in time to save <laughs> I, us. Like, they were gonna I have the whole... I'd like believe maybe, it more if he and woke up and saved us. Like, I just, it seems so yeah. weird that he just kind of happened to be there. They need to, like, foreshadow it by, like, having him, like, uh, two dragoon feet just standing over the edge where the camera's, like, out of, you can, can't it's see said, like, yeah. but yeah. feet, and that's like, what I watching over stuff. And that's like, what I'm saying. They need, the, to, they need to do but that. But, hey, I'm not complaining the, because waking up in Amherst's bed, waking up, waking up in Amherst's bed, I was not complaining. <laughs> Oh my god. Just anyway, <laughs> again, Nika. Goodbye. I, I, I think we can all I think I we can't hear me because they can hear me though. Anymore. They can hear me. Jugs muted me, so they Shut can up. hear me. Okay. Anyway, my point is like the I don't think anyone liked the way it was presented or written. That was garbage, but I don't I it was kind of nice that those characters are still around. It's just they need to do a better job. Yeah. It just wasn't it didn't make sense. Or they need to yeah. kill us to get off forever. I, I like Asinian. I like too, but they, I think character. he is, but I think they missed out on having some real emotions by not having him die. Like after you kill him as Nidhogg and Amric runs in and grabs him and he's like injured. They missed out well, on a lot of feels by no. not having Asinian die Mika, right there. Mika, remember the feedback loop. It's very long for Square and everyone was very sad about Horshafon. So they got up. Why would you kill people? And Square went, oh, you're right. We shouldn't kill people. But we were also like, but why didn't you kill Nanamo? Because because uh, we don't kill Lollies. <laughs> she's a quest giver. We don't kill Lollies. <laughs> quests yeah i don't know so it didn't really feel like the end of expansion but it did kind of set things up well um i, I remember we get to the end of it and you're just like oh that was it and then you get the little post credits thing where apparently when the Asian took over a soulless lifeless body of xenos somehow xenos's soul that is somehow still there gets pushed out and put into a random elizen guy i mean that's like. happened before in the story <laughs> but, uh, but Remember way back when at Leviathan, when the Sahagan, uh, the Sahagan high priest went into a different body. That is a thing that happened. But was the high priest dead already? He also, it wasn't, wasn't an Asian, so. And also, yeah, and also though, when the Asian took over Thancred, Thancred's soul didn't go anywhere else, right? Yeah, it was stay. It was in the body fighting with him or something. Yeah, it was still there. Well, Thancred was alive. True. But so I, it's just weird because Zenos like took I, his I, life very nobly, right? He was like, I've lost. I'm going to, nobly? you know, I mean, okay, not nobly, but like, nobly? you know, the, how people, their ritual suicide bullshit, right? So he's like, I Sepulka? lost. Yeah. Sudoku. Yeah. Sudoku. I died. I lost. I'm going to kill myself. And he's dead. So the fact that he still has a soul there after all that. The Sahajan got shot up by the leader of Limsa. I can't remember. The Sahagan got shot up by the leader of Limsa by Merlwip. Thanks for the sub fight. Yeah, thanks, Vi. Did um, they? I mean, I don't know. Probably. It's what, been so long. Does the real Xenos have the Echo? 
Omar says the real Zenos essentially has the echo, so he comes no, back. No, Zenos like had he. Zenos is a resident. Remember his uh, mad scientist it was fake. Uh, fake echo. But yeah, he, he, but he has echo fake echo like Cordola does. Yeah, mm -hmm. and was injected by okay, it. Okay, I guess I yep. forgot about that. It's possible though. It's a very important plot fact in all of Stormblood that never gets right. you know brought upon. So. so it's possible that he actually. First of all, he may not be an Elzin. He may have just had the hood for one. And he may actually still be humanoid, and it may be a clone because they did have all that cloning technology. So, what are True. we to say that it's not Zeno, an older version of a, a, like a copy of Zeno's from previously? That's crazy. If he's not an Ellis, and then how does his little hood the, ears? The, ear, stick the ears up? would have fallen down. Yeah, they would have fallen down. Because that's 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 hand waving. That's just cloth, man. That's cloth physics. Hand, hand waving. But I don't know. My we'll see. But my point is, he's gonna be in a Garlean uniform when the story picks up because that's what we saw at the end, right? So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's also weird that they tease Gaius so much and we barely got him. And then, like, he's clearly going to be more up. important. It's, it's all, yeah, the, this it's all Stormblood was, like, after 4. What, 1? After that, <laughs> after 4.0, yeah. yeah, the rest no, of it was normally, all just set up for Shadowbringers. Like, none yeah, see, of it was. In, he in Heaven's Ward, it felt like 3 1, 3 2, and 3 3 were mostly, there was some Warriors of Darkness stuff, but it was mostly the end of Nidhogg's story. And the end of the real end of uh, yeah, we didn't Heaven's kill Nidhogg until 4.3. 3.3, yeah, or 3.3, I mean, yeah, yeah. So 3.4 and 5, the last two patches were the setup for right, for, but this entire expansion has been a setup, well, it's been a setup. It's really weird. <laughs> it, it, I feel like, I feel like, four... okay, look, Lip Reagan Nation is just like quick work, right, so but, I, I mean, will, yeah, I will we... say this, I, I will say this, I feel like 4.1 and part of 4.2 was wrapping up loose ends yeah and like all of but, the stuff with, with um uh what's your face yotsuyu and stuff like that was stormblood story but the thing is is that well, like yeah, we that we legitimately killed zenos in the 4.0 story and then and as soon as he came and, and then after the credits like i think it was the 4.0 after credit scene we saw that he was still alive like it was literally right there or maybe it was 4.1s after credits but it was yeah, so but quickly that was, but that was the um it was so quickly we, and the rest of it was theory, just set up that theory was the Asian possessed his body, and we didn't know why. And blah blah blah. Right. We still you know, don't really. Other really than he's just yeah. Other than he's just trying to keep. I don't know. It's weird because he's just trying to keep the empire under Asian control. But then we've got like the first emperor back, and then we just have the current emperor who's actually just becoming a pawn in all of this. So it's. I don't know. It's. I have mixed feelings about this right now. The way this is all played out. Hey I, guys, remember when Lise was Yida? Yeah, that's what, too. Someone in the chat earlier said that it's kind of weird that they never confirmed for us that Yida was dead. Like, I still half expect us to go to Garlemald and find Yida. <laughs> like, that she's I been mean, there this whole yeah. time. Yeah. Like, they've I mean, never officially confirmed that. And also, people are saying, you know, Fordola will show up again. No, I don't think she will because they kind of forgot about how to write her into the story. So, her and, was it Ehrenwald or somebody? Um, yeah. So, the other guy that has the echo, I think. They, he was um, there. yeah. He's yes. been around. Right, yeah. but they they wrote a um, maybe it wasn't him. I thought it was. They wrote was. they wrote one of the stories where they, they're just off doing a thing, and Fordola is basically a weapon for them, and she's helping them oh, do stuff. Right. And so they wrote that into a, a story that you'd have to read online because they didn't want to write her into the game anymore. So they're like, well, there's a, there's you know, she's like off doing a thing with people doing a they're, thing. They're they're apparently adding a few extra short stories and uh, in addition to the other Stormblood ones, and they're going to come out with a compendium. So oh, that would be nice that. because it, it, it's out, I think, or it's about to be out. Fuck you, Square Enix. 
Put that shit in the game. Yeah, that would be nice. I would like to see. I, I think it's fine I th that to express parts of the story to other mediums. Maybe, but the thing if is, is that when you write out a character so many people like like that, I think they deserve a side quest. Like, you know how after um, the last couple expansions, there was like a level 70 quest that literally just tells you like what the refugees are doing. And there's really no point to it other than just seeing that you're just helping refugees move around and stuff. And it didn't have any actual, you know, like story. Lo I feel like you could have done that with Fordola. You could have had a so side quest that just tells what she's doing. So there's different mediums are better at telling different types of stories. I'm not saying Square Enix is using these mediums effectively. I'm just saying that note that books, movies, TV series, games, they all can express stories in different ways. And sometimes it's way easier to express details of a plot in one of those other forms than with a game, especially an MMO. And Robbie, I'm not just talking about the Domain Enclave. Like that was part of it. But there was also a quest that was just like a level 70 quest where you actually would like go to Mordona and you'd help people. And then you'd have to go to Little Alamigo and talk to people there. It had nothing to do with the Domain Enclave. And it was just a separate side quest, which was really cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I know that different kinds of media are, I mean, are valid. I mean, look at fucking yeah. Nier and Yokotaro. Like, I'm buying books. I'm trying to read translations yep. of literal orchestra concerts that have extra canon story woven within. Like, right. I mean, there's so many other ways to express it. It's just weird in an MMO, especially when there's characters that people, I mean, Fordola had a lot of fans. So it's kind it's of weird to just be like, I'm going to write her into the story. She's going to come and she's going to help us with the, the Lakshmi respawn. And then we're just going to give her a little she, side story to say she's she, doing stuff. She's a side character at the end of the day. It makes sense that if she's not going to be part of the main plot and the ongoing narrative to write about it in a short story somewhere else, it doesn't make sense to, to try to force that in anywhere. But just giving her a little side quest that's optional to do, I feel like. But that's development time to dedicate to something very minor. And if, if they wanted I to guess. express the details of, of how her and the people around her feel now and her inner thoughts, it's easier to write that from a first-person perspective in a novel form rather than a, uh, a game. Fair. So, I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to justify this particular example. I'm just saying there are many examples, I think, where you can take side stories or big plot developments that set up an expansion or a major plot point of an MMO, and you can just put them into a book or a TV or a short series or YouTube or whatever. And uh, yeah, it, you I don't get disagree. a lot more out of it. I just, I mean, maybe we'll see here in Shadowbringers, like they're saying in the chat. It's just, I'm hoping that we're like, it, at some point in a storm, Garlemald, I assume that she will kind of come along and realize I, that they fucked her over and that she should get revenge on them. But Maybe. I got it. They need to have a whole side quest, like little series of quests that when you start it, you can't finish it. And they just, just use like the role play buff that you use for playing as he in or Alpha No, and just you role play as her for like an entire quest line. <laughs> yeah, that's how they I'm, do it. I'm, I'm sure that's worth the development time. Yeah, probably I'm not, sure unfortunately. But yeah, that's true. Estinian still got a part of the MSQ, and he's a side character at this point. So, <laughs> yep. I think Estinian's a big fan favorite, though. That's why. I yeah. don't know. But I think I think he was one of the few side characters in in Heaven's Ward that remained alive at the end. That people were still like, "Wow, I really like that guy." But I feel like the Estinian just happening to be there is still so much less believable than if Fordola had saved us. Because again, Fordola has beef. She has reason to hate the Empire for but, how they treated her, and Fordola, she has but, an echo. Yeah, but she's not OP. We've seen Estinian blow up shit in like one shot. But she in... has a fake echo, and her fake echo when it loses control is intense. So all she has to do is when run in blind Zenos with her screaming and run us out of there. Like, it would have made so much more sense than Estinian just happening to be there. I mean, you're talking about <laughs> arguing which one of the two overpowered characters should have shown up and saved the day. Right, I'm just I... saying, like, it doesn't make any sense that Estinian was there. That's what... I, feel like... showing... I feel like Yesail should have been out there and saving us. <laughs> Stop. It would have been a really cool and emotional moment if, if she like oh came in God. and saved us at the last moment, but then she was struck down and then she was dead. Oh but God. then she risked her life 
and gave us her life so that we could press on. This is starting to sound like a really bad shonen. I'd like to move on. <laughs> like okay. shonen fanfics are happening right now. Well, okay, there's a little bit left we can talk Nico about from the past. Yeah, anytime you mention Yusei, I'll feel sad. But that's why I cosplay her to carry her legacy on and on and on. Okay, so... You're, you're into dead chicks is what you're saying. Yeah. Necrophilia. Sure. Nice, hot. Necro. Well, cold, really. God damn. Um, the last thing that was important that was added in patch 4.56 was the conclusion of Stormblood's Hildebrand storyline. Um, mm-hmm. I actually liked this final quest. Greg! It was, it was very short, but did anyone expect, spoilers, Greg? that Greg? Yojimbo was Greg all along? I love Greg. I like Gilgamesh too. I did Big not fan. expect this. So I literally, I literally stopped. Like as that happened, I literally turned to my girlfriend. I was just like, "It's Greg," and she's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> Jim was Greg the whole time. <laughs> like, Jim, Jim was Greg this whole time. So I did not expect that. So I went into the fight. It was like um, I queued up with. There was like me and maybe one or two other people who was our first time, and they're just like, "Have fun, guys!" And we get to that point, I put down my controller and I type out, "OMG, what?" And everyone's just like, "Yep." And I'm like, I, "Like it was so out of left field." Because in, in previous games, Yojimbo and Gilgamesh have always been separate entities. So the fact that they explained it away and like Hildebrand's like, how do you have such a smaller waist? How are you actually Yojimbo? And he's like, well, I was traveling and ran out of money. So I stopped eating for a long time. And because I ate my fucking chicken, I lived long enough to get to a place where I could be a mercenary and start getting money again. And along the way, I took a boat and found a lost dog and we were kindred spirits so now i'm yojimbo with a dog and i'm like what <laughs> well it's not like yojimbo was an established character in that lore so it doesn't conflict with it, anything it doesn't it doesn't conflict we just know he was a mercenary and you fight him in that in that uh temple dungeon and he even says like i became a mercenary to try to like figure shit out and when i realized that nico was to be my adversary i realized he really hadn't paid me enough which is what he says in the dungeon he's like oh you didn't pay me enough money for this i'm gonna betray yep. you and he pieces out at the end right and you yep. realize now it's because he knows who we are because he's gilgamesh it makes like, sense and then what i don't understand is how his chicken was still alive at the end though oh yeah he was like wait what did he's i like, eat what did i that? eat then if i didn't eat enkidu and but where's your chicken been this whole time? Like, where's Enkidu been? I mean, maybe he came from the first. It's his Enkidu the, the, from the, the first. Cool, the cool part, I, I don't want to go there. But uh, the cool <laughs> part, though, is that when he disappears at the end, like when he, like, you know, like drives down to the puddle. And I'm sitting there and everyone else is jumping in. I'm like, oh, my God, because Gilgamesh traverses worlds. They're going to the first. That's, yeah, because Gil- well, yeah. it makes sense, though, because Gilgamesh is the one character. Who can, ju- who can hop worlds with a puddle. Right. Yeah. So it's like, well, well, fuck. That's how. He'll, I mean, he'll and it's still do the, did the whole Hildebrand will return with the question mark. I'm like, yeah, he's gonna be on the first. That's where they're all gonna be, and, and uh, that's how they all get there because they all hopped in with, with Greg. Yeah, because obviously Hildebrand wouldn't have any other way to get there. Fucking Greg. Yep. So, yeah, it, it was interesting. Like, I I actually really liked this final thing, and the and the fight was really fun too. It brought in a lot of previous elements of the previous Gilgamesh fights, so it was fun. I liked it. Jackson, it certainly it? did a better job yeah. of wrapping up Stormblood than uh, main. I, I feel like it did too, actually. Yeah, I, I think it wrapped up the Kugane Doma stuff better than a lot of other plot lines. Yeah, me too. I really liked the story with the Wolf Bandit too. I feel like, you know, I actually didn't do the previous patches Hildebrand until this patch. So when they're like, oh, you know, I'm really this tragic wolf guy that was raised by the samurai and this sword is super important. And it just kind of felt like a real domain story of loss and love and all this crap you know and i just and yeah. the fact that it included also the sekisegumi and like the 
everything that had the it, it felt so Kugane much stuff less, all wrapped up. It felt so much less forced than the Heavensward plotline. Like, Agreed. The Heavensward <laughs> Hildebrand one in no the, sense. The, the Heavensward Hildebrand was, I mean, I went through it because there were some funny jokes sprinkled in, but for the most part, I was like, ooh, this is not the Hildebrand I remember. And I was kind of hoping that they would shift it a bit for Stormblood. And they did. I actually really liked the Hildebrand Stormblood. Yeah, and line. they brought it back by giving us a trial. Whereas literally in Heaven's Ward, mm-hmm. it was all just click here, click, click, click here, click here. Yeah. Even if it is all here, there, click there, as long as the story's entertaining, I'm okay with it personally. But I always do prefer the Heaven's Yeah, the Heaven's Ward one was not super good. But yes, yeah. I also agree that the Manderville Mambo dance is really good. <laughs> oh, dude, the ending where everyone's dancing. I was oh, I like... took so many screenshots. I'm like, this is so cute. I love this. I always, uh, I always love how they end the Hildebrand story. It's a good, good send off. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I know how to do the Mandrival dance now. I need to learn the Mandrival Mambo. Apparently, that's that's a rough one. IRL. I know it's harder because there's so many more steps to there, it. There's fucking jazz hands in it. It's, it's fancy. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I can do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Um, I don't know if we have anything else to talk about. Uh, can that be it? Is this it? Is I this mean, the end? I mean, before we. Before the end we... of the world Ooh. of Final Fantasy Craft. Don't give up on the world. You're giving up on the source. Do we have any predictions or do we not want to call, talk about predictions? Because predictions are boring. What are we predicting? I don't know. I feel like we've already What's talked left? about our predictions that we're definitely going to be split between Girl Mold and the first. Yeah. Although definitely. I wonder, though, well, they made it sound like since the main the Warrior of Light is going to be on the first and our other characters are doing stuff on the source, are we going to be RPing as other characters or are we going to actually be jumping back and forth between the two worlds? Does anyone else like the role playing as other characters thing? Yeah, I do. I like it. I just wish that they would actually give I, more abilities. I, I hate Pushing it. one I, button is boring. I like it because it's a way to tell, again, like I was saying before, other mediums are make, make it easier to tell certain stories. So traditionally it'd be hard because you'd have to do some kind of flashback cutscene after the character meets up with you to know what happens somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, which we would which is what they used to overuse the echo for. Like you'd get there and you'd touch something and be like, oh the echo like, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So I think it's a nice narrative tool that they've created. Uh I'm no, I don't really find too much fun in playing it. Once in a while one of the trials that you I mean, play the Alphino one was okay. Yeah, it's cool to show like what's but, happening where the Warrior of Light's not there. Yeah, I'm not in it for the combat. I'm in it for the fact that it's a narrative tool to tell me what was going on with these characters. Okay, so if we could find uh, somehow a way to have to keep the narrative tool but get rid of the awful combat, we would all be on board. I mean, all you need to do is just add a few more abilities. But the problem is, it, because it's the main storyline, something that should be done solo and kind of easy because it's just story Yeah, if you don't know how to play every job, it's not going to like... Yeah, they, they, yeah they, they can't make it too difficult because the idea is that people are just casually going through their storyline they're not expected to suddenly go content what and i know that that philosophy is um i hate that idea I, so I much but that's i'm, I'm speaking this thing you're just going through the msq oh and then suddenly you have to play the game oh my Again. god that'd be the worst thing ever to make our players yep. have to play the game again when you're developing something for mass audiences things like this suffer and i was excited i was like oh he ends a samurai i know how to play samurai and then it's like you get the dot and you get one move i'm like yep oh, okay yep. <laughs> yeah, even alfie knows felt more complex and that was really easy too yeah like but even that was more complex than he ends yeah actually i think they've all been more complex than yeah, i think your stolas was too yeah he ends is that was sloppy a little bit it's awful yeah but... they could they, they have to at least Put the uh, Alfino and the Yastola ones as a minimum bar, <laughs> a bare minimum bar of like quality. Like the the Hien one is a little a little rough. Okay, there's a YouTube video of 
the person aggroing Xenos as Hien and then going AFK and winning the fight. <laughs> uh, but I mean, Quality you're really content. just supposed to do that until the Warrior of Light gets there and then have yeah. a real fight. So I mean, personally, are we really here for games with a challenge? <laughs> Final Fantasy games have always been about story and that's... Yeah, but it's at the end of the day, is. isn't it an MMO? Or are you saying MMOs don't need content? No, it does. Okay. It's just... This is Square Enix, and this is Final Fantasy we're talking about here, and they do story saying, better than anything else. So you're saying Square Enix doesn't know how to create content? I have been saying that for a long time. Okay. Just making sure we're clear. <laughs> yeah, you're new here, but... Uh, <laughs> he ain't that new. Kind of Not that new. Calling, calling out Square Enix, all right, bro? I'm not even trying to defend them. I'm just like making sure we all have like you've been defending this whole fucking. No, he's playing devil's advocate and also just showing us. He has he has a dev side perspective that neither of us have. So I I think I think I hate it when when dev teams get shit on for things that are realities that average people probably wouldn't know about. It's it's really is a shame. Now I'm not saying Square Enix has a good development process because clearly I see fundamental flaws in the way they do their feedback loop. But the fact that like a dev team, when they fundamentally have a limited resources, gets shit on for not doing something, I'm like, you have to have some level of understanding. You don't have to be happy about it. No, nah, you'll be pissed. Yeah, but you, you can't be like fuck you because that doesn't help you get what you want. That that just shits on the people who are already freaking out and stressed and trying to give you what you want. It's like a bad vicious cycle. Well, fuck you. Don't stress out. Do better. The end. <laughs> You're, You're like, like job, bro. You work eight hours every fucking day. Figure it out. You, you should have more respect for how difficult certain things are, but okay. That's no, what I would no. say to that. I would say, as someone who's done game development, like as a hobby and in college, like it's, uh, it's rough. Okay, as a hobby, fine. But you know what? If it's your job and we're paying you good money for it's it, it's even harder with a, with a large it out. project. It's even harder. You got with a, a team project. of 100 people. That's Put all not, those hundred minds to work. Yeah, that's not how software don't work. You can't Figure just add bodies. Out. You can't just add bodies and make more things happen. Sure, that's, you can. <laughs> no, that's 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 like bad management one on one. What you guys are saying. Yeah, you, I know. Yeah, I know. you can't do that. Like, d- there's certain skills. But also, you certain... can't have you can't be understaffed either, which I know Screenix has suffered from in the past. Mm-hmm. And they also, you have to make sure you put funding where it makes sense. So if they're, it could be that they're allocating funds to the wrong things as well. Yeah. So, like for example, remember like they said that campaigns. Not necessarily, because that might actually be helping them from a bottom line perspective. I don't know. But what might be a problem is the way that they – didn't they mention that they get 100% of the money or most of the money from the cash shop, but from the subscriptions and box sales, they don't? Like That's the team. Correct. Yeah. So that it's kind of a weird model where yeah, – I okay, bet so Square Enix as a whole gets that, right? And it does make sense. The company as a whole does get the money. But you would think that a larger-than-average portion of that particular proceeds would get funneled back to into them. that team yeah um, I'm, not, I'm not even saying half i'm just saying you'd think about a third or something would be funneled into that team for salaries and profits and, and more new content and like kind of have this cycle but it sounds they hinted at like well if it's not the cash shop we basically see almost nothing it's like and it depends on the company's run i think the bigger the company it gets weirder but the other problem is we can't know for sure because Japanese companies run themselves completely differently than we do. They do. I mean, Raggins yeah. actually just threw out in our chat that when he worked at EA, they had to do shifts of 30 to 40 work hours in a row and still get shit on for delivering shitty games. Yeah. What so. happens in the gaming industry as a whole, especially AAA companies, like not the smaller devs, but like the big companies, what ends up happening is they'll actually overstaff people in the beginning, like way over allocate because they're trying to push it out. They'll plan for crunch time, which means that they'll assume the last four months are going to be like, 
60 hour plus work weeks, maybe 70 instead of 40 and which is ridiculous. And then all of a sudden, like when it gets to that time, they'll realize, oh no, there's other things we didn't account for the real crunch. Cause you can't plan for crunch. So now yeah. they have like double crunch time. So people don't, you know, they go home for like three or four hours a week on Sunday to sleep. And then they come back to the office. Like it gets well, really toxic. You just need to sleep at the office then. I'm saying <laughs> it's not a Square Enix issue. This is an industry wide problem. It's, it's really awful. And that's why they're calling now for unionization for game developers and other people in the industry and stuff like that. It's, it's really scary. Some of the stuff that happens and it's not right. And equality can suffer. When this happens, okay. which means we suffer as consumers too. Okay, maybe, or maybe game developers just need to utilize their brains more and make better use of their times before crunch time to eliminate the crunch time at the end. Therefore, no crunch time. I'm gonna punch Ooh. you in the dick. <laughs> Try it. I mean, it is possible that they're misallocating some stuff Ow. early on, but like. <laughs> That's how big I am. Nice. Wow. Okay. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I don't know. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So it, it's good as what we were talking about. It's good to have Strife here to give us that perspective. He's he's not just necessarily defending them. Yeah, I mean, I, I lead a fairly large development team for my day job. So I do understand the realities of like pressure to deliver by a certain time. But also that team has to understand what they can do and what amount of time. So I think every time Yoshida says he doesn't want to promise something is because he's afraid as a director or whatever that if he says the team can do it by this date they're going to reveal to him but that doesn't account for this 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 and this that we also have to get done that you told us to do and he'll be like oh fuck and now they either have to work overtime and quality suffers or they have to push back the date and not and fail their promise to the consumer and i think from what i've seen this could be a stereotype but i think japanese businessmen have an even bigger issue with failing promises than some people that do it do in the west so i think that might be another issue as well that's why he's always so careful to be like uh, i don't know so again, I've seen these things all the time. And that's not even games, that's just software. And yeah. that's how you get uh, male bunny suits taking two years to implement. Yep. Legitimate priorities. <laughs> Bullshit priorities. Get the shit out. <laughs> Everyone has their own opinion, dude. Take I'm a not... weekend and get that shit out. Everything else can get pushed back. <laughs> I think the problem is, again, like every time it's something cosmetic or something new for like a body shape, it's like the more time races and jobs and things they add they have to create it multiple times for each. oh yeah that, that's why adding rice is a terrible idea don't ever do Hon it. honestly I when i make my uh mmo card game i'm gonna have two races <laughs> male female done easy all, all i'm saying is that if you saw the amount of rigging that has to happen even for an animation it's it's pretty rough and every model of armor every texture or model of like armor has to be redone for every race and every job like, yeah, yeah, don't, I can don't, use it. no not job just just not job race sorry just 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 only have oh one race two genders that's all you need yeah but hold on but the but well, any, any armor any male, armor, female and swap gender any armor that uses a 3d model though that's not just a painted on texture also needs to be checked per job because the animations could fuck with it so there's actually a lot, a lot to it their rigging can be pretty complex let it clip fuck it <laughs> dude people get so triggered when that happens too like, there's so many people, there's so many people on forums like, like how come i cloak clips or how come my hat clips my ears like there's just so many people who get really frustrated about that i think most of the time it doesn't bother me except when it's like in a cutscene and i've got a thing on my neck and my character looks down and it just goes through my nose <laughs> and i'm like this is a main story cutscene it's really immersive breaking to see that 
Like yeah. it happens often it's enough. A problem. It's you know what's immersive breaking when people post screenshots of a cutscene and they're wearing chocobo or moogle heads or shit like that? <laughs> yes, yeah. Or the I fucking Namazu shit. I or the Namazu one, that's right. <laughs> I, I'm not, and I'm just looking at like, really, dude, that's what you were wearing for this cutscene? Oh, like, yeah, they did add the uh, final Beastman quest. We didn't talk about that. No, 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 we're cares. done. We're done. I'm, we're close out the show, Nika, because my baby. It was kind of cute, actually. I mean, it, I thought it integrated all three of the um, beast tribes really well. I just thought that the way that the antagonist died was a bit anticlimactic. Anyone else? Good, good summer. He, fa- he falls. I, I he falls into the water and gets eaten by a shark. Very, Anyone very, else? Very astute observation. Uh, Strife agrees. Uh, Nika, close out the show. No, Strife was going to say something. All I was going to say is, isn't it kind of weird that we have, like, less Beastmen, like, every expansion, it feels like? Because then we have, like, five or six. Yeah, because I feel AR. like the original culminating one, because we had, what, we had the Sylphs, the Amalja, the, what Kobolds. else did we have? Sahagen. Yeah, Sahagen. And uh, Ixel. Yeah, and so, so we, we had, had five. five. And then and last expansion, get... what, we had Moogles. Venu, Venu, and the, yeah, uh, the Vano. people. Yeah, Bug. so it was three yeah. in the last one, too. Yeah. And then so this one we had the Namazu, Ananta, and the Kojin. I guess two battle and one crafted is like the standard now. Yeah. Yep. It's weird. So... But don't worry, we're not losing any content anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you notice there's no like Eureka style content? Yeah, they did yeah, right that now. was something that we've been really worried about is at least even though we didn't get Eureka till way later than we expected to get it and it ended up being really weird. Um the point of it was at the previous fan fest, they announced that it was a new thing they were trying and it was going to be a thing and it was going to be different. We didn't get anything like okay, that. Okay, but this time to be around. fair, we also get any announcement of like a Heaven on High or Deep Dungeon. And we can be reasonably. Okay, assume, they didn't tell us anything about Heaven on High. No, okay, we can assume that they're going to just give us more Eureka or give us more Heaven on High, but are they going to try to do like, okay, now that it's a new expansion, we're going to have something that's new content? Oh, yeah, no, we're not getting any new content. You'll, you'll get a treasure room. Oh. That's pretty, I think that's pretty secure now. You'll get maps and like treasure room. Oh, yeah, maps, yeah. And, and new hunts. Hunt. Oh, God. Hunt. Oh, yeah. Get ready for hunting Apparently, again. Apparently, Koji that's said they were working on 5.0 Eureka-like content. But what does that mean? Does that mean it's just a continuation of the Eureka series? Or is it going to be like... It probably won't be a continuation. It'll probably be something brand new. I mean, obviously, it doesn't have to be eureka but like the eureka type content so it's like how you know heaven on, heaven on high was different than palace of the dead but it was a continuation no no it was that's the same du- content series they actually consider heaven on high and, and uh yeah but they're both deep dungeons yes yeah, they're right. deep dungeon content but so the that's, thing is that they, they could just continue the same style of well battle the, grinding well they did i think they counted diadem as their fresh content for heaven's ward and then Eureka for Stormblood, so there'll be another thing to Something fill the like slot. It'll be the slot that DNM or Eureka filled. But they haven't announced what it is yet. No, no, they haven't even they I, haven't even given us a name for I it. I guarantee you they're doing it on purpose because they announced Eureka early and got people hyped up, and it didn't pan out. Because we didn't get yeah. it for three fucking patches. Yep, and because they're worried that could happen again, they're probably just like, we're just going to shut the fuck up and not tell them because if it's late, then we're going to look bad. That's probably I guarantee you that's what they're thinking. It's very obvious. Yeah. Like, I think it's more but of a chance that that's time, happening than we don't get it. But at the same time, how can you add a new content thing or at least pr- plan for something and then not advertise it? That seems like a marketing nightmare. They, 
they make because now we have people lot, saying like. we're not going to get any new content because they didn't tell us any new content but we got new dungeons and zones well, i'm totally okay with them not announcing all the content like i'm assuming that they haven't announced all the zones yet either because i, I still Didn't feel like announce... we're gonna go more into garlemald we're pretty sure they announced two zones per fan fest there's yeah. usually six zones in an expansion so well they know they announced three at this zone. one though i thought we had no all the zones they, they, the city doesn't count as a zone, is my point. Oh, Four, okay. So my point is they announced two zone-ish zone places per thing. Right, so but is that going to be all the zones we get? That's usually all you get is like six. We get six, Zika. We get six. Uh, that's why I'm But if we're going maybe... to Garlemald, I feel like we need more Garlemald areas. Are we, though? We, we are, fucking are we, better are we be. physically as players going there, or is it cutscenes and instance content? Remember when they say okay, you're the going dungeons to dungeons could be like we had freaking Alamigo yes. as a dungeon. Yes. So it, it could be that part of the storyline takes us there in a trial or a dungeon or this or that. It may not be we physically walk around Garlemald, or it could be. Oh God, I don't want to get anyone hopes up because I doubt this is going to happen. But theoretically, they could add a small zone. Midway through the expansion. Very small. <laughs> Shut up. Very itty bitty. Well, people don't on. Hold on. Hold on. It's not uncommon. It's just, it would probably be very small knowing them and the scope would be very small. Like, I don't think it would be a big deal. Look, we went to Doma. I mean, they added we, the Doma and Enclave Elm, later on, no. right? Like zones like we'll that. Right? Yeah, they, they they could potentially have a way for us to teleport into a, a battlefront and that enters into a small part of the city. It, it might be very small scope. Right, because they added what the Doma and Enclave was a later addition as well as that place um, we go to in between right. all of the the four gods, you know, where like Kembu sits and stuff. That is an actual zone you can go to anytime you want. Right. Um, and that was also added in a later patch. So, so again, I think, unfortunately, when it comes to if we're going to Garmold, if we're not, it's kind of we got to wait and see in uh, June when the expansion launches. I mean, that doesn't really count as a zone. That's like an instanced area that only you appear in, even though there's tons of people in there. Yeah. It's like the Rising Stones. See, I just feel like all three of the areas that they told us about this time are cities, though. Like, Yumor is just a city where people are rich on the top and shit at the bottom. Like, none of these are like zones where you go and fight monsters. Like uh, Lakeland before, is a city in no no definitely is not, no no Lakeland is a zone for sure Lakeland is all of Mordana yeah and, but the Crystallium is a city and Yumor is a city right Crystallium is the area by Crystal Tower it's a it's a it's a hub it's less of a, it's more like Rauger's Reach it's not really a full city yeah and the Euphoria or whatever it's called is um Yumor. the new the yeah Yumor Yumor is the new uh uh this foundation like the city like uh. What was in Heaven's War was the main city called? I'm escaping. Ishgard? Ishgard. Ishgard. Yeah, it's like the big. It's the big city version that we get this time. So like Kugane or Ishgard, like right. it's that equivalent. So those. So that's our hub and that's our big city this time around. That's what those two things are. And so then we got just one four so zones outside one, of that. Or maybe there. You maybe you're right, and there's one that they haven't revealed. It's possible. Because I feel like when I'm trying to remember after that big Stormblood media tour thing went around and, you know, like the, I was seeing everyone's videos come out of exploring the different places, even still, like we had way more zone. I don't know. Like I was thinking of what we it, saw of the Ruby Sea or what we saw. Like we didn't see the right. whole thing and we didn't know. Like I remember when I was going through Stormblood story, I didn't feel like I already knew what all these zones were as I was coming to them. We, we didn't know that the Ruby Sea would be a zone, but they did show us on a map, like, the rough area we're going to in, like, some of the zones. They showed right. us Doma, Kugane. They showed us that we would be going over here to Othard for something, but they didn't tell us what, and they didn't say what the zone split looked like there. So, like, we didn't know that part. But So my point is they probably showed us the majority 
of the zones. I'm sure there's one or two, probably some of the smaller zones that they haven't showed off yet. We'll have to wait and see. I don't think yeah. there's any any information we could use to speculate other than possibly Garlemald or some other zone in this world we literally know nothing about, so it's impossible to speculate. We just know that it's roughly based on the Crystal Tower area and the area around it. So that's the Crystorium and Lake, the Lake, Lake, Lake uh, Lakeland. Lakeland. That's the Lakeland place in the like Crystorium. There, what zone? Like, there's got to be some kind of Garlean controlled zone or like the the main Garlemald town that we're like at least the zone outside of the town that we if would you, need to be in. If, if Not the town the itself world, necessarily, but if you look at the world map, there's actually fog over. If you look up past Oathard, if you go northwest. There's a whole bunch of fog where it looks like the landmass actually does eventually connect and go up towards Garlemald. So there's all in fog though. You can't see it. So the closest we've come is the ruins of Rabinaster and possibly Gratika Greatwood, if it's if that's what's near there. Wherever the Viera come from that's near Rabinaster, mm-hmm. that would be the closest place we've ever been near. Right. And I just feel like this expansion would need to have at least one more zone in that area. We, we'd have to have a zone in that area that we somehow get to somehow and then it would have to be that zone can get us somewhere It'll just else. be a dungeon. Just watch. Just like the burn. Well, what they'll probably do is the dungeon. <laughs> yeah, the dungeon will get us through somewhere. So what I'm saying is northwest of the burn is where we have to go. So let's see. I get. I don't know. It. They might keep doing jumps with trials and dungeons where it's like, oh, we can go to this zone. But then this was an instance. So then that's how we got to this zone. Like, who knows? It's not going to be a clean cut, like a one single landmass where you go everywhere, except in the first. In the first, it'll be nice and clean like that, probably. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, Ratika could be could be Gradania for the first as well. Like we don't know yet if the Gratika Greatwood or any of those zones are actually here or in the first. So we're gonna have to wait and see. Yeah, because I'd be surprised. I mean, I'd be surprised if all the zones we get are in the first and we don't get any new zones in the source. But it I could mean, be, I guess it's it, possible it, too. It, it it could be that literally the end of 5.0's expansion launch the very end is now that we've taken care of this thing in the source, here's what's been happening with the war on, uh, on the source. I'm sorry. Now that we've taken care of what's happening in the first, here's what's been happening with the war on the source. That could happen. Yeah. Maybe. It may, actually makes more sense from a narrative perspective, probably that the patch content would bring us back into conflict with Garlemald somehow. Yeah. You're, you may be right about that, but who knows again, I don't, there's not enough information for us to like kind of, grab anything i think so but like people are speculating in the chat that like we're gonna f- go through the war all through this expansion and we're not actually gonna push to garamel to 6.0 it, it it literally may be we have to fix the first there's repercussions for fixing the flood of light in the first and when we finally return shit hit the fan and we have to because we're trying it. to figure out how to stop our world from dark right because aren't, aren't yeah. we ushering in a darkness calamity right now yeah that's why we're the warrior of light on the source because right. we're trying to use the light to push back the darkness, but we're into the opposite once we go to the first. Right. But we don't know what the repercussions of that will be. We don't know what happens after that from a... There's two types of storylines. There's the the mini story, the main storyline so far where we're like, it's our world and, and the conflict in the local nations and stuff. And then there's the grander save the universe kind of story with the, the different worlds. And we don't know what repercussions one of those storylines has on the other. Like, we don't know what happens when we go to the first, if we're able to save them or if we can't save them, if we actually fail and then what, whatever happens and, and what, like, or, or to whatever happens at the first, maybe it's isolated. And that's because we wasted time over there, bad things happen in the source. And then we have to deal with that. We don't know how, do it's we even happen. know why exactly we're going there? Like, 
I know they the, the little guy told us we had to go there, but like, are we going there in order to like help take some of their light and bring it back to our darkness? Like, is there what is the no, reason it's, it's that we're going there? I think it's literally that if the first were to entirely fall to the light, a hundred percent fall, uh-huh. and and it would be have a ripple effect across all the worlds and everything would collapse. Okay, but other there, but the thing is is that other worlds have been swallowed before, so why is this one more important? I, I don't know if they've really been swallowed or if they're on the verge like this one. But like, or, I mean, we said that one, the 13th has already been swallowed by darkness, right? Well, this one's the first, so it's the closest to the source, I think was the logic I heard. Because it's like true. each one chains out away in a circle. I'm just trying to figure out why we care more about stopping this calamity than... Because like, what I don't, I, what Heidelin made it, it sound like is all the worlds are eventually going to fall one way or the other. and then, you Right. Know. So again, I, I don't think we have the information. I think we have nothing to speculate on except the words that we got at the end of the MSQ, which were incredibly vague and bad writing. We, we don't know anything else. Okay. Unless there's a hint in the second lore book. I own the second one. I haven't read it yeah, yet. Yeah, I haven't so read it through either. So, yeah, I only read the first one through. So I got to read the second. Hmm. That's it. I guess we'll just yeah. have to wait and see. Yep. So do we have an official date for the live letter or just something mid-May? Mid-May. Okay, so we don't have an official anything, and they're just and all they said so far is that they're going to tell us about the job changes. Is that all we know? They, they said it'll be a very long live letter because they're going to go over a ton of stuff about the job changes. So they, that's the only quote that's been very long, very long live letter. Okay, so Juxta, we ha- would have enough content to do another show after the live letter. <laughs> I am just saying, I don't know if we'll get a show in April simply because today is the last day of March. And I don't think there's really anything coming in April other than the FF15 crossover. That's it. But That's in May, working. we're getting a really important live letter. So I think that come May, we could have another episode. So. All right. Uh, look look forward to LBR resets episode five, right. mid-May. Yeah, mid-May sometime. Whenever whenever they announce the live letter, we'll try to think of a day for the episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll post out on Facebook. And, and I Twitter. feel like we should do at least one more episode before the expansion drops. So it will probably be that one because then I don't think between the live letter and the expansion dropping, there's really going to be anything, right? Not any content, not any news. There's nothing. Nothing. So no. we're we're officially entering the drought. So if you guys yes. want to yes, catch it, I mean, if you're if you're actively playing fourteen, playing you know, let's just say let's forget the pessimism for a second. Let's say you're actively playing FF fourteen for some reason because you're enjoying it, whatever. If you're more casual, or maybe you just got or back you're into it, rating. right? Or you're yeah, maybe you got back into it and you're rating, and hopefully you're not that group that's been doing the same content for six months rating, and the rest of your groups have been burnt out, and you're sitting there spiraling yes. downward, mm. pretending to be happy. Anyway, so my point is, um, if if you're not that person and and you're trying to catch oh, up on content. Then maybe I think I hit a hit a chord there. But if you're if you're not that person, I recommend you know there's a ton of crafted uh, stuff you can do because there's going to be that crafting thing in, in uh, Ishgard in the next expansion. So you may want to catch up on that if you're bored. It's a good thing to do while Netflix and chilling, right? You just craft and watch Netflix. And then uh, That's another thing you can means. do. I know I'm kidding. I know <laughs> the joke. I know joke. I'm kidding too. But, but except but, he's really not. But, <laughs> I'm not. Anyway, anyway, my point is. You can do crafted stuff. You guys can get into the rating scene. I there we can always reach out. You know, we're our we're our community as well. If you guys wanted to try to get into rating, you've never done it before. No reason we can't put a channel in on Limbrick Radio Discord and kind of set up some pug groups. Oh, for sure, week. absolutely, we yeah, can do they, that. Just hit yeah, us up. Like, exactly. If, if everyone wants to try it, we can do that. If you guys just want to kill trials to farm out some mounts yeah dog do, farming you know, i want to start doing that um, too. Blue mage, blue mage spell farming. Uh, maybe maybe do, i'll do that too. 
we can do blue mage spell farm if you guys really want if that's something you're interested in i don't mind um just and it doesn't have to be with the host either it could be just be you guys doing it we could get involved as well to help coordinate just let us know what you you're looking for and maybe for. we'll stream a little bit of it um, who knows yeah maybe like honestly maybe we need um, to try to stream or, more and keep in mind worst case scenario there's always story content in the jobs you haven't played even if you're you don't love the job there's always some story content oh elfig i guess we could answer that we're on the ether data center we are currently we all are uh, sourced on sargatana server but uh mm -hmm. once the world visit stuff and also we have the cross server party finder thing um we are on ether data center all right so unfortunately we won't be able to play with anyone after the the world visit system gets implemented i'm sorry after the data center split you have to you have to be on ether if you want to play together that's all yeah so sorry Belmong. <laughs> yeah sorry Belmong. um yes so i think am i taking over the fc um i would love to take over the fc but apparently i don't even own the link shell um, but I think Aniro and Kalo own those things respectively. And have you seen them on? I have not. So I'm hoping that at some point they'll log back in and can pass over if those to me. May, but... I mean, I think the hope is that they might pop it, their heads in when Shadowbringers launches just to see what it's like. Yeah, so then maybe but I they, can take that shit from them. If they don't, if they don't, someone's going to have to like get them to pay us up for a month and log in and switch it well, over. Well, Aniro made it sound like he would continue to pop in for story stuff, but I haven't seen them on since this last patch has dropped. So to be fair... There hasn't been that much story content to drop since they the, left. The very last story thing, the final thing just dropped. Yeah, I mean, they I'm haven't, sure. but... Yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll ask them again maybe when May, June, like when it's a little little closer. Because if they were going to play Shadowbringers, that's when they would pop on to catch up, right? Like about a month before. Yeah, not probably. Even. Yeah. Because they're just going to do MSQ. They're not going to like, you know, farm out content or anything. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I and I, you could respect that, right? I mean, this is what it is. I mean, honestly, lately, I've only been popping on for MSQ, occasionally leveling an alt job. I haven't really been farming content either. But I do want to eventually get back into it. Just been busy with other yeah, stuff. No one is running the FC Volkai. It's literally just sitting there. Yeah, I, I think there's more activity in the LBR link shell than the FC, actually. Yeah, and even still, that's pretty dead. And I'm in the link shell a lot, but I don't own it because Aniro has the leadership for it. So I don't know. Um, does FC lead switch to someone else a certain amount of time? I don't know that it does. Yeah, if only there was a system like that. But do other games have that? Yes. Yeah. It's, a it's, a normal, it's a normal to kick it to a random person who's a rank below you after you're inactive for a certain amount of time Yeah. in, in other titles. It, to prevent no, I'm this. Pretty sure that, I'm pretty sure that's a thing in 14 as well. No, I think that there's a that timer exists for demolishing a house. I don't know if it exists for an FC. I'm almost positive. I mean, people in the chat are saying that it does, but oh, that's great then. Yeah, but yeah. I feel uh, like if it's if it's two months, I feel like Aniro will log in within two months. But I don't know. Uh, he's been logged out. He might have been logged out for two months, honestly. Oh, that's true. I should check the FC. And so see it, might what it, says. It, it might have been kicked to someone else. Yeah, that's true. The last time I checked was a little while ago. And that's the problem. If it gets kicked that. to someone else, if it gets kicked to someone else who never logs in ever again, oh, you're that's... I would assume it would go to other people that have like admin privileges. Yeah, it goes, uh, it goes rank. to it goes to people based on rank and then based on how early you've logged in. Right. So the other rank people would be the other LBR people, and then my alt, I would assume, because my alt is also on the high rank. So. My my point is, it would be, the safest route is to get who find out whoever it is, get them to log in ASAP, and give it to you because you don't want to be in a situation where. Something happens, you lose yeah, it. Yeah, we don't want to lose the house, especially, too. Yeah, at least the money that you spent on it is kind of important, right? Yes. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. So. All right. I think that's going to do it, then, for this episode. Um, thanks, guys, for being here. Um, 
holding down the fort with me. We didn't have a guest on this time, but I don't think we really needed one. I think we had pretty good conversation. Um, so anyone, everyone who's here, thank you for, for coming to this episode. Apparently so many of you are here today that have missed our previous three episodes, but I promise you, I mean, we've been doing this live at least, uh, monthly. Um, you can, hopefully we'll be streaming a little bit more and like, like Sarif was saying, you know, hit us up in the discord and we can try to set some more things up so you can, you know, play with us or we'll just help you and see that, you know, we're not dead and people in the LVR community, including you guys are still you know, we're still here. We're still going strong. So, yeah. Oh, um, apparently the person who owns the LBR free company is Jason, Jason DeMaine. What? I'm not sure who that person is. Are yeah, you so seriously? If, if, you guys, if you guys know who that is or you're that person, please reach out. Because last time I checked, uh, it was a Nero. Yeah, it's uh, Jason. I, I told you, I told, it's probably getting kicked around all the AFK people. Nico. Oh, God, that's That's, that's what happens. Okay. <laughs> It's why you don't you that don't let make shit. any sense. That wasn't that AFK. I don't know, whatever. But Dude, two months. There's is not there's that no way that it skipped through all of us though that are at um the mm. the host rank in the free company though. Because there's like five or six of us there. There's no way it, it went through that many people. It could have. I mean that person's active, so I could just ask him. Okay, yeah, I guess we need it, to do ask that. them to transfer it to you or Nika. Yeah. Hopefully they don't hold that hostage on you. My alt is in the free company. We'll figure this out after the show. It's not show. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll figure that. Yeah, out. Yeah, so, sorry. but I mean, the chat was wondering. So, chat for those of you wondering about the FC, we will figure it out and we will let you know what goes from there. Yeah, and um, and let us know what you want to see. If you want to see us stream more versus more shows versus whatever, tell us what you're actually looking for because we're only going to be as motivated to keep doing this if we know that you guys are responding. Yeah, that's so, also true. Yeah, so like, tell us what you want. If you want us to be active in game more, because I know that's been a criticism of the show uh we'll try our best honestly i mean some of us are more into it than others but we're, we'll try to p- at least pop in if not actively set things up to do for content so just tell us what you want to see we'll work on it yes absolutely so that's going to be it then look for us mid-may after the uh the next live letter and we'll hopefully have a good show for you then otherwise i think we're going to wrap up the show here we didn't get any callers but then i realized we didn't advertise calling you could have called this time you can always call just for future reference Um, Even if we don't say, hey, call the show on Discord, you can always call us on Discord. Um, Also, we didn't get any emails this time around. Remember, you can always email us at hosts at limitbreakradio.com. Give us some emails. Talk about your opinions. I know we only do it monthly, but we will read your emails on the show. Um, Otherwise, we will see you guys in May. So for my co-hosts, Juxtaposition and Stripe Lightshade, I am Nika. Keep listening. I'm still doing that. I don't have another one. Bye, guys. Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Limit Break Radio LLC. This episode was produced by Strife Lightshade and Nika Kayanian. Final Fantasy XIV and Aorazir are trademarks of Square Enix. Opening music in this episode is by Hinkeek and Ahimitsu. Find more of their music at SoundCloud.com slash Hinkeek and SoundCloud.com slash A-Himitsu. Closing music in this episode by Xpan. Find more of their music at SoundCloud.com slash XpanDNB. Both tracks are provided for free under a Creative Commons license by Free Music House. Find more copyright-free music at YouTube.com slash Free Music House. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by the generous Twitch subscribers at Twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. <laughs>